everybody welcome to d comedy our rewatch review whatever you want to call it podcast this month your d commentators are me lucas and me emma and we have a brand new d commentator joining us today Woo! it's marissa hi Woo! hi there marissa thanks so much for joining us thank you i am so incredibly honored i'm so excited to have marissa just because i'm <laughs> sick of talking to luke okay and emma turns it into an insult of course she does um but no we're very excited to have marissa with us today because she is our first uh listener guest and she's here today to talk to us about the Disney Channel classic that is Camp Rock. This movie is amazing. <laughs> I am so glad there are other people in this world who have this appreciation. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. This is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Like, I cannot hey. tell you how much I love this movie. Hey, hey, can I tell you guys something? What? I thought it was okay. That was fine. Lucas. You know what? <laughs> I have Marissa. You can see yourself out. We don't need your ass anymore. I know. Look, look. You have look. come to the wrong place. I dude. understand. No, look. I, look <laughs> I was, I, I was watching this movie, and I realized that. Oh, wait a minute. I don't like this one. A huge de- like. It's not Lucas. The, but, but, what? It's not that great. I'm sorry. I mean, it's good. It's. But I just it wasn't going crazy for it. And here's the thing, right? I remember. I have crystal clear memories of being so excited for this movie mm-hmm. to come out. I remember me and Emma. We went down to our we went to our neighbor's house because she was also excited. We went down in their basement on their big screen. We watched Camp Rock. We danced along to all the songs. <laughs> it was amazing. It was a, one of my favorite Disney Channel memories. Before I watched this movie, I did not remember anything about it. Pretty much, I remembered it starred Demi Lovato and the Jonas Brothers. Almost knew nothing about the plot, and I, I kind of remembered why because it doesn't. It, it didn't really leave, leave that big of an impact on me Lucas, after I watched it. Just really quickly, fuck, and I cannot stress this enough. <laughs> off, um, it is an amazing movie. This is actually, I will say, guys, for context, probably the movie, the Disney Channel original movie that I have seen most recently. Before, like, watching it for the podcast. Because I loved it so much. I made Austin, who was our guest last week, watch it with me in college. So I saw it, like, junior year of college when we decided to watch it spontaneously because it's amazing. And is the Camp Rock soundtrack certified platinum? Because, um... (laughs) It should be. (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. I had a hard time finding it. Really? Did you? The soundtrack's on Spotify. You know what? I have... Oh, I guess I'm inviting myself for trouble here. I have Prime Music, and I just couldn't find it. But they have Camp Rock 2. Just not one. Oh, also, fun fact. I've never seen Camp Rock 2. I have seen Camp (gasps) Rock 2. How? I know. Look, look, look. We're going to get into this more. But but also, I feel like I'm not this movie's target audience. And so maybe that's why it didn't hit me that much. But... Luke, do we have news? Let's get through it, because I want to talk about this movie. Okay, well, no, hang on. Yeah, sorry. Real quick. Marissa... Thank you for joining us today. What would you say is your favorite Disney Channel original movie? Oh my gosh. Um, is it this one? You know, I feel like that's maybe a cop-out. It would definitely be between, be between like this one and Halloween Town. Okay, Good the choice. first one? Good choice. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that's always a str- strong runner, but solid, solid. All right, Lucas, news, let's go. Okay, on, the, only, the only quick news we have, because um, we're recording a little earlier in the month than usual, uh, the only quick news we have is that they released the Descendants 3 trailer 
for uh, the, that movie. And I, I just, <laughs> these movies keep getting weirder and weirder. What are the plots weirder. of these movies? I've only seen the first one. I have no idea what's going on. But Dove Cameron's wig keeps getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> and I, the commercials, there's like 17 villains in every movie. Like, how are one group of good guys defeating 17 villains in every movie? Like, they just keep adding villains. I don't understand what's happening. Well, because they keep, like, you know, they gotta keep going through them. Although they didn't, like... They're recycling one because they're having Ursula's daughter come back for this one. But the main villain is Cheyenne Jackson as Hades, who looks insane. Like, I don't understand how to I can't comprehend how to describe him because he's like a normal dude in like biker leather. But then he's got this huge like fire mohawk type thing. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, does anyone take a better shot at that? His hair is outstanding. (laughs) Literally, it's standing on end. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. I have never. Never in my life seen anything so wild. But yeah, the descendants to their trapped. Um, there's some crazy hair happening. I don't know, like, but like, so are Hades and Ursula's daughter now also the bad guys? Like, who is the bad guy? I just, I don't know who to hate. I'm too confused. In the first one, it was like Maleficent, Mal's mom, played by the incomparable Kristen Chenoweth. Thank you. Yes, of yes. course. Um, in the na- second one, it was uh, Ursula's daughter, uh, Uma, played by China McLean. And in this one, they are, it's, Uma's still a part of it, apparently, because I think she was very popular with the young audience. Um, and Cheyenne Jackson is Hades. There's also Dr. Facilier's daughter, Celia, I think is what they're calling her. Um, and there's like a sleep spell involved. I don't know. Watch the trailer. It's on our Twitter. But it like, I, I said this to someone else when they, sh- when the trailer came out, because they were asking me about it. With these movies, I swear, the special effects keep getting worse. The costumes keep getting crazier. And they just continue to seem to make less sense, honestly, if I'm being quite frank. But I don't know. We got to wait till it comes out. All right. Let's talk about Camp Rock. I am. I was born ready. Okay. I like to hear it. I like the enthusiasm. Let's dive in. So we open on a classic suburban home. We see a girl laying in bed, and we hear an, an off-screen mother yell, Mitchie, wake up. It's the last day of school. Was this still in the era where we needed CDs to listen to music? That's my question. 2008, like, I, I think it was on its way out. But because really she puts was. a CD in a laptop to play, like, Mitchie's mix for, like, getting Right, but I... True, but I don't think it's, it would have been effective if she like reached over and hit play on an iPod. The I had an she, iPod in the sixth grade. Like, right, but they, I'm saying this is for the drama. Like having her like half asleep, knock her CD into the drive, and then the music start up, and then her to dramatically flip her comforter down, so you see Demi Lovato laying there in all of her glory. I think was a uh, very good, very dramatic. Also, the it. other note I have really quickly is I couldn't remember until I watched the movie, obviously, but I was like, was this? pre-gap or post-gap. For my listeners that are uninformed, Demi Lovato originally got her start on a Disney Channel like mini-series that was in between episodes, much like a Mike Super Short show called As the Bell Rings. I forgot about that. Yes. And so she had, that's what she was on and she had a massive gap tooth. And I couldn't remember if Camp Rock was pre or post-gap tooth. And I am now, and I saw her face and I remembered that they actually had her close the gap to book Camp Rock. They were really? not going to book her oh, without wow. the gap. And so she had her gap closed and that's how she booked Camp Rock. And this was like her first Disney Channel thing. Yes, because if I actually, I was looking at the uh, posters and whatnot to see if we had a tagline this month, which we really don't. Um, and it says, 
starring the Jonas Brothers and introducing Goosing Demi, Demi Lovato. Because I guess they were igno- ignoring that as the bell rings existed. Because now that she as we gap, all were. now that she got the gap and her teeth fixed, they're rebranding her as the all new Demi Lovato. But she uh, knocks her CD into the drive. We start playing a song as we do a classic getting ready for school montage. Did, did you guys realize? And like this is just such a weird niche thing, but like her entire room is purple. And then when she goes to school, she's in all purple and has like a purple backpack and only like it's like she only touches purple until she goes to camp rock well i what i what i actually wrote down emma is that you and her have almost the same room aesthetic yes i also had a purple which is which was purple and white and then like the desk and the guitar which emma does not know how to play the guitar everybody another interesting note with the credits is that i totally forgot about this movie and i have seen this like in my 20s i forgot where it's like they list everything and they go with Kevin Jonas and Nick Jonas. I forget that Nick and Kevin are barely in this mm-hmm. movie. I forgot I that too. I said that too. It was so wild. It was literally like starring Joe Jonas and then like the other two were 100% right. an afterthought. I, they, Joe, it's Joe's vehicle. It's Joe's vehicle and the other two are just like <laughs> fucking dicking around for like two scenes. Yeah, it was totally Mandala effect for me where I was like, yeah, the Jonas Brothers are all there and they do the whole movie together. No, it's all pretty much primarily Joe Jonas. Although I will say I am glad they squeezed them in at all because Kevin and Nick Jonas are possibly m- m- my favorite part of this but movie. you maybe. did notice that Kevin is a bad actor, right? They oh, definitely, no. that's why. Oh, yeah. Here, no, no, no. Here's, here's what I think happened. and I, I think no, only Joe could act. Oh, oh, yes, but not. that's not what I'm saying. I think I, I'm saying in my head, I have no proof of any of this. What I think happened is they wrote these parts for Nick and Nick and Kevin because Joe was the best actor or whatever. And they wrote Kevin as being a totally normal character. And then they saw the kind of acting he brought to the table. And so they rewrote him to be an idiot. And I'm so glad they did because it's the funniest thing in the whole movie. I hope to God that's the truth because nothing else can explain that choice. And I'm glad for it, but just nothing else can explain it. It also just like fits so well for me. And then it's like, everyone's like, oh, Kevin. And like in this movie, like Kevin can't even string a sentence together. And you're like, mm, classic Kevin. Like nobody classic cares. Kevin. It's, it's I, amazing. I love it. Okay. So she does a little getting ready thing. And then. Emma, do you have any fashion stuff? I feel like we haven't Just at one corner. point in this montage, she wears three pairs of sunglasses at once and takes them all yeah. off in a layer, <laughs> which was fucking crazy. I don't know. I'm a three times the sunglasses, three times the cool. I, I didn't even understand the physics behind that fucking. I was like, how the fuck did they do that? That was cr- movie magic. But other than that, like, I'll talk about fashion throughout it. But like, there's not like, it's, it's not too bad. But the, that glasses thing was crazy. But also she comes downstairs and the mom is the mom from Wizard. It's Selena's mom from Wizard. Which I didn't connect that until, like, I did not remember that whatsoever. And I will say this right now and I will say it again later. This mom is a wonderful actress. Yep. Of, mm-hmm. uh, like, the sister I never had, the mother I always <laughs> wanted. Like, she's really good. And, like, I, re- I don't usually care about the parents in Disney Channel original movies, and I really cared about never her. Get a, never get enough credit. She is definitely one of the best actors in this film. She's amazing. And, I, and I'm saying, we actually, we mentioned this, too, when we did the Lizzie McGuire bonus episode, but I feel like the parents in these shows and movies do not get enough credit. And on Wizards of Waverly Place, the parents are so funny on that show. Yeah, they're great. And you can see that in her performance of this because she is both funny and like loving and nurturing. She's a great Disney Channel mom. I love and her. she does does great in this. Uh what is her name in this? Connie? Is Connie. Connie's catering, right. Um 
But yeah, so she goes down to breakfast and she's like, uh, it's about to start eating. And then she says a line that made me scream, which was, oh, Hot Tunes is on. Yes. Turn it up, please. This is like MTV, basically. Like No, but that's the, I, that's what I expected. I expected a Stuck in the Suburbs style. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The music updates, like a show dedicated to talking about the latest in hip hop. It's just a news report. Also, guys, this is the funniest fucking part of this whole movie is the fact that, so like Connect 3 is this like hot boy band and it's the Jonas Brothers. And the, the news was like, Shane Gray, bad boy of Connect 3, is back on his bad boy ways again. Like, it's like his, like the newest scandal. And they say the word scandal, like his scandal in his decom is that he just storms off the set of a music video because they obviously can't say anything about like sex, drugs, rock and roll. Like they <laughs> right. can't say anything. So like, like, he left early. I was like dying <laughs> laughing. Yeah, I they was can, like, yeah, they can't say he got a DUI or something. No, they're like, like, and he just was pouty and he left. And they're like, mm-hmm. he, had, he has a poor work ethic. I have such intense thoughts about bad boy Shane Gray um, <laughs> slash Joe Jonas that are just mainly centered around the outfit choices. But like, I feel like we can like, we'll oh, get to oh, that. Were they not centered around whoever was flat ironing his hair? Because I have <laughs> several questions for that person. Several it might have been Joe Jonas himself, to be fair. Who decided this needed to happen? No, I'm, this... no I'm, I'm with Marissa. I think it had to be Joe Jonas himself because no one in his representation would tell him, Joe, that's the look you should Heaven's wear. Heaven's hair is also flat ironed to hell. <laughs> oh, boy. Can we? Uh, oh, my God. I. Oh, we oh we God. should Heaven, say Kevin's hair. We, we should save it until we meet them all in full once we get to the camp. So let's 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 peel back a little bit. But keep in mind, so they go to Hot Tunes, they watch Hot Tunes, Shane Gray is a bad boy, and they're like, mm, mm-hmm. like, doesn't he know he has it all? And the girls are like, mm, no, whatever. <laughs> she goes to school for five seconds. She meets her nerdy friend who says something in Mandarin, which I was like, we're never gonna meet this friend again. No, but no. the Mandarin does come in handy later. Yep. Um, and like immediately we're in Camp Rock. Well, no, yeah, also, because they introduce in the breakfast scene that she really wants to go to Camp Rock. She's, like, hiding brochures around the kitchen for her mom to find. And she's like, we can't afford it. Got it, yes. got it, got it. Because, you know, your dad's expanding the hardware store. And I thought, I thought, I was like, are we going to meet this dad? What are we doing here, Disney Channel? Mm-hmm. What, what is happening? We do meet the father. She has two alive parents. But she goes to school and then comes back and they're like, by the way, your mom's catering the entire camp. You're going to Camp Rock. And we're yes. immediately in Camp Rock, which I loved. I don't like the bullshit of like, let's, like, like we know we're going to Camp Rock. Let's fucking go to Camp Rock. And we I, jump I right into it. You. Well, I agree with you, but I do wish they had spent some time like at the school to set up Mitchie's character don't a little care. bit. Yes, but because, I completely agree. Because here's, because here's the thing. I'm going to say yet another unpopular opinion. And I don't want you guys to come in and steamroll me until I say I'm done. Okay, but just go with me on this. Okay. I hate Mitchie. <laughs> and I, I, wait, please let me explain. I do not hate Demi Lovato. She's doing a fine job. She's singing her heart out. Love it. Mitchie is a horribly written character. Mitchie's dream is to go to a camp where they teach you how to be a rock star. And once she gets there, we find out she's afraid to sing in front of people. What was your plan, Mitchie? What were you going to do if you don't like singing in front of people? And I then, don't agree with you at all. Wait, wait, I'm not done. Wrong. I'm not done. I'm not done. Wrong. I'm not done. I didn't say I'm done. And then, and and it's not the movie is not about her overcoming this. It's about she just overcomes it at some point. It's about her not being popular 
which is when wanting to be popular and having to realize she wants to be herself. And all I'm saying is, if had we spent some time at the school, that I agree with. That I she wasn't popular. They should have shown that she was a real loser, and they didn't do that. No. But I also to make us understand why she wanted to be popular. So I like I agree with that a hundred and ten percent. I don't agree with that every nonsense you're spouting about her needing. Like, like she obviously, like, she's a Camp Rock newbie. Everyone else has been there for years. Like, she's nervous. I don't think that's weird. I have to kind of side with Lucas here a little bit. Not that I don't think it is the best you movie can just, ever you can, made. You can just say you agree with me on something. We don't have to agree on everything. Nobody I- wants to say that, Luke. You <laughs> understand? It's embarrassing. No, but, like, I feel like there were definitely moments where I was like, she's not, like, what is her motivation here? Like, it's not super well established. Yeah, but it that's all, all kind of irons out. Like, I don't know. I feel that a little bit. Okay, I'll give you that. That it kind of, by the end of it, you kind of buy into it. I do really want to iron out, like, what are the requirements for going to Camp Rock? Because some people just seem to be, like, amazing singers. Some people seem to only do, like, lights and audio. And some people mm-hmm. just seem to, like, break dance. Like, I, I, that has nothing to do with rock. Like, 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 what are the requirements for being at Camp Rock? Like, do you or, what do, s- or, what, or what does Camp Rock teach? Do they just teach everything? Like, they um, teach, like... I know that he teach hip-hop dance because... Joe Jonas taught a yes, class in it. Yes, and that was the wildest part of this fucking movie. <laughs> but I, if by wildest you mean amazing, yes. But um, also, yeah, this, she gets the news that she's going to Camp Rock, freaks out, and then we're immediately there like I'm a sad. Also, can we all talk about, so Demi Lovato closed her gap. And me and my friend Molly, my best friend growing up, we used to have a thing called the Demi Lovato smile, which is like that like insane cracked out smile you have when like all your teeth show. And that's because of this movie. Like when Demi Lovato smiles in this movie, it's like, <laughs> like you can see every single one of her fucking bicuspids. Like it's like her entire mouth opens so wide she could swallow the world. It's crazy. It's I did notice that, but I didn't want to write anything down because I thought it sounded too mean. But thank you for going there, Emma. The only thing mean I wrote down about Demi, aside from the poor writing around her character, which I'm surprised you haven't called out, is what's going on with her bangs. Yo, I love her bangs. Note. I love her bangs. You I like love... her bangs? They look I'm crazy a bang. to me. I- I, guys, this might lose me some fans. I'm pro bang. I love bangs on anyone. I think everyone should have bangs. No, I have I'm, bangs. I don't have a problem I, with bangs when they're done well, but they just look like they're doing a bad bad. job framing her face. I yeah, love this them. This was a choice. I don't know about it. <laughs> well, anyway, we go to Camp Rock. We see people just randomly hip hop dancing. There's one guy uh, who will learn his name, Andy, who just has drumsticks on him at all times. He's the king going around, of this movie. Just, <laughs> just going around hitting anything he can touch with his drumsticks. Like, get your fucking drumsticks off the bus. Like, you didn't pay for that bus. Like, why are you drumming on a bus? Because they have to let the audience know that he's a drummer, Emma. That's the only way they can do it if he carries drumsticks all the time. Haven't you watched any movie ever before? Um, we also see there's a huge, like, limo right behind the bus. And I was like, oh, what's going to be in there? I thought it was going to be the Jonas Brothers. It's I thought it was going to be just test time. Yeah, let's talk about Tess Tyler. Because, okay, Mitchie pulls up, and then they see a blonde, very thin girl oh, get out of the... Oh, very thin? You mean 15 fucking oh. pounds? <laughs> this Holy gee. Oh, my God. Thank you, Marissa. Can we talk about how thin she is? I actually had a note about how thin she is. Not here, but later at the Campfire Jam. The fact that Disney would ever let this woman on television is irresponsible like i it is irresponsible no young woman should ever see this woman like i she is 15 pounds 
When so she like dances, it literally looks like her body parts are like detaching. I have yes. a note on that specifically. It's like three twigs swaying in the wind and like it's somehow in unison, but not really. It's crazy they let that on television. And it, I am yes. disappointed in Disney Channel. Like, no. And they also like, guys, like, this is the last time we'll talk about it because like people have their own things, but like they make multiple comments about her not eating carbs and like not eating food. And like, this was in the Lizzie McGuire movie too. And it's yeah. Like, they make, like, weird dieting comments about her, and I'm like, she's 15 pounds. You should never have this on a children's programming network. Like, it's crazy they allowed that back then. Yeah, because- I, well, I, well, I think that's just become, I not become, I think that was at the time a very, like, rich girl thing for them to put into a movie or TV show that, like, oh, I don't eat carbs, or, like, oh, carbs before 10 a.m. Luke, do you understand and- what I'm saying? That it's so irresponsible to have, like, a 15-pound girl being like, I don't eat carbs. Like, that's fucked up, and no kid should watch that. Right, that's what I'm saying, is that, like, I think they put that on, like, rich girls, because they thought it made them sound snooty, but then when you also have them be incredibly, almost in- unhealthily looking thin, it really paints a bad picture. I will say one thing to get us off of the dark subject. I love the name Tess Tyler. And so well, of course you do. Name, so. Of course you do. It's, it's our last name, Emma. <laughs> Which I was a little offended that they gave our last name to the snotty, stuck-up, rich girl and rival. And she's also a great, I love her in this. She's a great villain. She's great. Well, I wish she was written a little better, like most things in this movie, but... But this actress on. is laying it down. She's laying she it down. She's doing, again, actors are doing the best they can. with what they Also, she gets out of the limo for Camp Rock, and they literally, they have, like, a leaf blower on her face. Like, the amount of wind. Yes. <laughs> yes. From her hair to make it look like she's a movie star. Like, they have a full-on leaf blower in her face. Of course like, they it's- do blasting her hair backwards. And, okay, so the mom and Michi are rolled in the truck and then they go into their cabin and we meet the camp counselor, the guy who runs the camp, whose name is, uh, oh, it's something weird. Brown Cesario. Brown. Yeah. I remember Brown. this. Yeah, it's Brown. I love this co- fucking color. coked out Australian guy. He I love him so too. Is out. he Australian though? I yes. Wrote down, he, I wrote down he's Australian, but as the movie went on, I was like, is he, what accent is he doing? This man is just like carrying the weight of this entire movie on his back and he knows it. Like he just knows it throughout the entire yes. thing. Yes, yes, 100%. He is taking this movie more seriously than anyone else involved. Like Absolutely, 100%. Is selling me on this. Do I, does he seem a little cracked out? <laughs> yes. Like, but does that buy into his former rock star persona? Also, yes. Like, I really love him. I, okay, so I remembered him, obviously, because who could forget? But the woman that works in there is like the camp director of D- Giggles. Who is that woman? Where did she come from? Nothing on this entire earth will tell me that she isn't just snorting lines of cocaine before yeah. she yes! says because I'm seeing yes! every time. Thank you. Both of them are. Like, she is out of her mind every single time we see <laughs> no, her. No, no, I She disagree. grabs a live mic and it's like, like, no, I, I disagree. Screaming I, think, I, think, the mic. I think Brown's doing the coke in the back room. I think she's doing like a Paula Abdul, like over-medicated on prescription pills type yeah, thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's the vibe that. I get from her, like a Paula Abdul type situation. I just didn't remember her at all. And then she showed up and then was there multiple times. And I was like, who is this woman? Every time she shows up on screen, I was just like, oh, not her. Please, anyone, get Brown out here, please. But yeah, so they go to the cabin. He comes in and he's like, hey, you must be our new chef. I'm not going to do the accent because I don't have don't faith in myself. Don't try. 
Um, I, I, I'm so glad you guys are here. Uh, you know, and she's like, I've heard so much about you or whatever. And she's like, yeah, this is my daughter. And Mitchie just runs out, doesn't say hi to him. And he, she, and he's, she's like, oh, well, you'll meet her. She has a great voice. And he, she, he, and he's like, oh, trust me. I knew, uh, like I was, I forget, but something, he, something he dropped, and he names drops Mick Jagger and Aerosmith in this scene, which threw yeah. me because I, because I mm-hmm. always wonder when they do stuff like that, if they have to pay. Mick Jagger and I, I just it's interesting to me. So we cut to uh, like this big stage in front of a lake. All the kids are sitting on the ground in front of it, like lining up. And she's like looking, walking around being like, oh, do we know? Oh my God. First of all, sorry, guys. Where was this filmed? Do we know? Canada. Canada. Had like, to be Canada. I, I felt it in my heart that it was yeah. Canada. But it does look like a real camp in, to certain points. Yeah, like, well, I mean, I imagine they filmed it at a camp in Canada. Got it, great. <laughs> I, I just don't think they, but they, I don't think they filmed it in America camp. I imagine it's a real camp somewhere. I did look this up. It is a YMCA in Canada. Oh, my oh. God. Thank you. Oh, a YMCA. Fantastic. I absolutely love it. Like the bougiest YMCA anyone has ever seen. Like, I'd like to know how much was set design and how much just pre-existed. I would also like to know that, actually. I mean, I imagine, like, the dance rooms and stuff were YMCA, but I imagine like maybe some of the cabins and the mm. and the stages and stuff, but whatever. Um, but so yeah, she is like walking back, marveling and thing, and she bumps into the woman we noted to become Tess Tyler. Like she bumps into her, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't see you. And she's like, uh, clearly. And uh, walks off with her. Do we meet the two cronies yet? Are they in this scene? I don't care. I don't they're, know. I don't they're, they're, know. They're, not, they're, they're not as important as the movie wants you to think. Um, and so she's like, oh, sorry. And she storms off. And then we meet uh, our next leader. Allison lady. Stoner, baby. Yes. 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 I love her. I, I had actually forgotten her. she was in this movie. I didn't. I've never forgotten a single thing she did, including my super short show. Well, yes, of course. I mean, I like Allison Stoner. I just forgot she was in this movie so much. I was like, oh, yeah, Allison Stoner's character in this movie. Nothing is funnier to me in this whole movie than when she meets yes. Allison Stoner's oh, character. Yes, oh, no, Emma, wait, Emma, wait, let me, no, let me like... have this. Please, please let me have this. This is the hardest I laughed in the whole movie. Please let me have this, Emma. She she walks up, Allison Stoner's like, oh, that's just Tess Tyler. You know, she's a mean girl, whatever. And she's like, oh, wow, I love her mom's music because her mom's like a pop star. And yeah. she's like, oh, by the way, I'm Caitlin, soon to be world famous producer. And then she goes to her laptop, which she has sitting there, types like three keys, and they just play like some video game beeps and boops over it, just like, and it's the funniest thing in the whole goddamn she movie. She keyboard smashes a laptop and is like, Brr! and then yeah. all of a sudden, out of the laptop comes like marimba music. Done. And I was like, oh, obviously, super famous music producer. That's in her future. No, it just it didn't sound like anything. It didn't sound like any kind of music. Like they definitely just told Allison Stoner just hits a couple keys on the keyboard and we'll play something over it in post. And what they decided on it was not music. It was just nonsense. And I started dying laughing. Can I just, like, would this be an appropriate time to just make a comment on her her outfit choices? Yes, yes. Please, let's talk about <laughs> oh, it. What's happening? Oh, my God. I can't even pretend that this wasn't my dream aesthetic when I was in, like, the midst of 2006. But looking back on it, oh, my God. The multiple shirts. She's always in two shirts. Like, stacked incredibly on top of each other with some sort of insane statement earring and, like, neon blue eyeliner. I'm not sure what that was doing for her character, but it's in every scene. Every single one. Like, I wish I could be the person who designed her outfits because, like... A, real. Like, A, I remember this, but B, why? But it's also like, okay, so like, in this is, you know, back in the day, guys, when we were young, you used to oh, do this Lord. thing, it was like, 
cami and then like Abercrombie shirt over the cami. Tess Tyler does that a little bit. You see it on her cronies. This is not like a like, like a neutral cami and then like the Abercrombie shirt over it. This is like Allison Stoner is wearing like two insanely different vibrant clashing shirts at the same time. One will be a tank, one is a shirt, and she wears them over one another, and then, like, wears an insane, like, dangly earring. An outstanding choice made by An all. outstanding choice. A brave choice. A brave choice. <laughs> Luke, I don't think about <laughs> nothing <laughs> for 20 minutes. Shut up. The people care about this. Oh, speaking of, like, style, let's slide right into the fact that, so after this, we meet Alison Stoner. She's a producer. Her and Demi connect. We're going to go into an, another limo, which is going to have Connect 3 in it, which is the Jonas Brothers. Wait, no, no, no. Don't don't skip over the fact that that annoying lady comes up and she's trying to give this announcement. And We these talked two, about her. No, but then the two guys who we know, who we learned to be known as the Hostel of Easter crew show up and they just start like rapping in the middle of her announcement. <laughs> these and she's two just, guys. Okay, keep in mind, I don't know their names. That's fine. Uh, these two guys have Baron so much screen time. To do nothing. Nothing. Did you guys notice that? They're yeah, in I, every scene, and they say and do nothing. I think, I th- honestly, I think we, we, we've we gotten this feeling in a couple movies before. I think a lot of this movie was left on the cutting room floor. Yes! Yeah, I feel like um, their definitely. entire story was because, left on the cutting room because floor. Because they're, they're, like, with Allison Stoner, uh, Mitchie, and the other girl, Lola, I think is her name. Um, they're like with them in every, in like whenever they interact, they're like at the lunch table in the background, talking them a yes. little bit, maybe getting a couple lines. We do not learn their names until the last 10 minutes of the movie. And it's, uh, Baron and what is the other one? Sander, or I think are their two names. Mm-hmm. And then Andy's but the guy that plays the drums. other decoms, like they'll have those people and then they're good for like comedic relief. They don't even use them to do that. They're not like, d- like not one of them's like saying like dumb shit to like for a laugh. Like they're just always there and they don't do anything. No. No. They do not do anything until the last ten minutes of the movie, and even then, they just do except a song. for dance. They do dance. Right. They, so they, they, they dance. That's, they're that's about shaking it. it. But yeah, she's giving the announcement that like, all right, everybody get excited for Final Jam. That's going to happen at the end of the week. Anyway, now we cut into the limo, and uh, we see Who's Joe Jonas. Kevin Jonas's hair. His hair would probably be like a normal length for a man, curly, but they straighten it to the fact that. Kevin Jonas is rocking like a shoulder length Rachel from Friends. Like his. <laughs> Hair is so strange. He's also wearing a large scarf in a way that I've only seen Oprah wear scarves. Like I, I, I like this was not hot in this era. Like I, I know this to be true. Like this is not something we were all lusting after. I'm so confused. I don't think. I mean, I looked this up just to get an idea, but he was 20 in this movie, and just <sighs> imagine being in that like mind palace. You're 20. And it bums me out, man. It bums me out. We as a nation have put Kevin Jonas through a lot. And I think we need to apologize to him. He didn't deserve this. He didn't no. deserve this. I will say, full disclosure, I mean, not right now. I'm 26. I'm fully over it. But taking back in time to be... Nick Jonas, so cute. So cute. I understand why we were all culturally obsessed with him. I, I think I Nick get Jonas it. looks like 12 years old here, though. He looks Marissa, so young. Yeah, he looks so young. Were you a Joe or a Nick girl? We all know that you were somebody with, you were always one. And oh, no, yeah. Every, and it was never was Kevin. Kevin. It was never, <laughs> it was Kevin. never Kevin. It was never Kevin. So were you a Joe or a Nick? I was a Joe girl. And let <gasps> me establish the fact that when I was watching this movie, when they came onto the screen, or onto the, onto the, yeah, onto the screen, I screamed. Oh! Um, all the feelings came flooding back. 
<laughs> and I'm now re like my love for Joe Jonas has been reignited. I was also a Joe girl, so I'm glad that we're of the same the same mindset because I don't have to berate you for being wrong in your oh, opinion. No. But <laughs> I was also a Joe girl, and like, and I do think that Joe girls were like the more like confident dynamic of the women. So we're on the right side of history with this. I um, love that. That's a thing. I had no yeah, idea. A hundred and ten percent. It was like you were way more. It was like the annoying personality people were always Joe girls, um, which I love for us. Yeah. Then, uh, I, I do feel for Nick and his diabetes, which we heard so much about during this era. But oh, I forgot yeah. he had diabetes. How could you, you forget? That? <laughs> we treated his diabetes like a truly life-threatening illness every single concert. But I agree with you 10,000%. I make fun of the Jonas Brothers on a daily basis now. When they like came out in this movie, I was like, I lost my breath for a second, just, like, looking at, like, I. it took me back to some place where, like, I was obsessed with them, I was in love with Joe, and I was not okay. I was 100%, like, like I was, like, losing my breath. Absolutely same. Keep in mind, guys, for context, Joe looks like shit in this movie. He looks like absolute garbage. Like, his hair is straightened with, into a bob. Like, he looks, his face is 75% eyebrow. The other thing I want to bring up really quickly before we move on is that, like, they're on this Uber or limo. It's a limo. Uber, they didn't have an Uber, Uber in 2008. That was, okay, way ahead of its time. But they're on this limo and they're like, you gotta go, man. You, like, the label's pissed at you because yeah, you're a bad yeah, boy for showing off set. So they're going into this thing and then they say this insane line, which is like, oh, you know, like, we were just campers a few years ago, and, like, that's where Connect 3 connected. Like, we met here. Are they pretending these people aren't related? They all fucking look so visibly related. Why would you not just make them brothers? That is such a weird choice by the screenwriter. It is, yeah. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Just make them brothers. I think it's so much easier. I don't think they're brothers. No, yeah. My favorite line in this limo is, yeah, so they give the little exposition that he's got to do this for the, uh, the record label and for the press that he's, like, you know, going back to his roots, teaching the kids, whatever. And then he's like, I don't want to do it, obviously. And they're like, well, you have to. And then Kevin says, oh, also, could you maybe like a birdhouse or something and this becomes the only good joke in the whole movie in my opinion the fact that kevin consistently brings up how much he wants a birdhouse and the fact that he does not get it by the end of the film hurt me physically they don't pay off that joke at all they no. don't but they they keep bringing it up and it makes me laugh every time and kevin's delivery of it is amazing but then they do not pay it off it's all the man wants and they can't just give him this one thing like hasn't no. kevin suffered enough they put him in a fucking scarf poncho give him this <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, I imagine, so the Jonas Brothers are back now, obviously. Um, I imagine they're going to be start doing tours and stuff soon. Everybody, it is everyone's duty as an American and as a fan of the Jonas Brothers to give Kevin Jonas a birdhouse when you see him at one of these concerts because yes. he deserves it. Or just give him a break. Just give him a break. Just give He's, him a break. Or just, just say, I'm sorry. You've been through so much, sir. He's endured uh, thank, so much. Th- thank you for your service. Um, and then they also reveal that Brown is his uncle. How um, are these people related? Yeah, why How? isn't he Australian then? What? <laughs> I am so glad you said that because I thought it was me. No, 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 it doesn't make any sense. The Jonas Brothers are so clearly from New Jersey. Like, so visibly New Jersey. Oh, we are proud of that. <laughs> like, I remember being a child in New Jersey. We are proud of that. As you should be. But they don't yeah, have an Australian be. uncle. I can see that from looking at them in within two seconds. And then, yeah, so, he goes, so then he goes to meet the uncle. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, there's my boy, Shane. So glad to see you. And he's just, you know, 
pissed about this whole situation. He's very mean. But then we cut to the opening night jam, right? Is that? Keep in mind, guys, there's like 16 jams and none of them are like really able. No, no, everything is jam. There's the opening night jam, the pajama jam, the final jam, obviously. The The final jam, the campfire jam. The campfire jam, that's the fourth one. Everything is jam and I love it. Oh, no, sorry. Before, I think before the... Oh, no, first we see her and the mom in the kitchen. She's helping her prepare food because that's part of This is where he hears the song. Yes, I I almost skipped, like, the most important part of the movie. He hears her play it. Right, because she's helping her mom in the kitchen, and then she's... Because she has to do that as part of the deal to let her go here. And then she's like, go set up in the dining hall. She goes to set up, and there's a piano in there, and she plays a couple, like, notes and sings her This Is Real, This Is Me, Exactly Where I'm Supposed To Be song. And uh, we don't hear the full thing until later, but it's a Keep great song. Keep in mind, this song is fucking amazing. It is. It's a great song. Oh, yeah. Even this acoustic piano version, I was like, chills. Full <laughs> on chills. This is real. This is me. Like, I was all in. But as he's walking away from his uncle or whatever, he gets like mobbed by all the kids because they all know, you know, Shane Gray, international pop stars here, and they start chasing him. And he just like ducks under a bush and somehow evades all of them. Like they know they spent like, they're terrible at looking for him. And he also kind of terrible hiding because he's not hiding behind that bush very well. But, uh, and he hears her play and he's just like, huh, wow. And this is going to become a major story point, but he doesn't have any like look of like wonder on his face. Like, wow, that's like that, that sound. It's incredible. Well, we also like abandoned this for a few hours. Yes, hours. that's another problem I have with this movie. Is but I remember keep in this mind, really quickly, the... I just I do want to say really quickly because I was this... talking, but fine. No, I don't care. You're <laughs> anti, and I don't care about. I'm not anti. I just have some. I just have some challenging opinions. I do want to say you want to silence me really quickly, means and I've right. thought this before. I watched this again for this podcast. I've always thought this is that like much like my least favorite movie in the world. Avatar by James Cameron. I <laughs> hate Avatar. And if you follow me on Twitter, you will know that like I am on a full campaign against Avatar. Avatar is just Pocahontas with blue people. They they just com- steal the complete plot of Pocahontas. This movie is basically plus if you oh, I forgot about the mom storyline, but it's the little mermaid. That's that's what this is. Like Wait. it is He hears a song by someone and she's lying and putting on a fake Thing. It is the Little Mermaid I disagree. in a Cam Brock setting. I disagree. I, I what? Wait, no, be, am I wrong? Be, I'm because, right. because I had that note too that I remembered this movie as being Disney Channel original movie Little Mermaid, where the whole thing is about Joe Jonas trying to find this one girl with like the perfect voice for whatever reason. It's never really given a reason why he wants to find her in the movie. It's just because, like, he thinks she sounds good, I guess. It's that's not the main plot because this, uh, but it, it's there. So I will give you the fact there's a little, there's a drop of Little Mermaid. But you know what? There's a much bigger drop of goddamn Mean Girls. This movie has so much Mean Girls in it. It's crazy. In what way? When have you seen Mean Girls in the past ten years? I have both of those notes. Like, yes, literally that's what I'm saying, it, because it's both. It's the Little Mermaid plot, guy trying to find the girl, whatever. And it's also Mean Girls, where the main character, admittedly, it's not the same thing where she's trying to, like... But it's uh, also, be, it's not just the, the guy trying to find the girl, it's the fact that she's lying and making a fake thing, and that's what's actually preventing her from, like, being, like... That's the same thing as Little Mermaid, where, like, she actually can't get with him because she's trying to be a human. Like, she's trying to be rich and famous, but she's not... You know what I'm saying? I, no, that is not what happens to the Little Mermaid. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about it's mean no it's mean girls because she has to suck up to the super popular girl and realize that who she is as a person admittedly there's not the whole plot where she's trying to like overthrow the mean girl or do something to her like the janice but she has 
her like real true friends that she's like shoves aside to be like popular and she okay, has to fine. go on a journey of self-discovery it's freaking mean girls more than the little mermaid so we go to the opening night jam lola is also a character that was on the cutting room floor I yes forgot absolutely about this woman definitely we meet lola she performs a song and like we learn that her uh, she's very talented because her mom is on broadway and then caitlin says like yeah but that doesn't matter to any of the kids here they all care about the bling and i was like is broadway not good enough for these kids oh also, do you not get like I didn't get that vibe from any character except from Te- except for Tess. Yes, like no yes. one else yeah. cares. No, everyone else is really chill. It seems like I mean, it's so weird. But it's one of those things the movie's telling and not showing, where they're just like, oh, everybody here is very intimidating to Mitchie because you know she's just the cook's daughter and she comes from a nothing background, and so they're telling her that like people are going to look down on her. But we really don't see that ever in the movie. Except when she starts, when her whole lie revealed plot happens, and then everyone hates her because obviously. And so, yeah, Lola does her whole song. They have that interaction that freaks Mitchie out. And then Tess Tyler. The song comes also in. has nothing to do with what's going on, which I thought was interesting. It's like, like the song is nothing. It's not a plot thing. Like, well, I mean, you bring up a good point that we should reference is that this is a musical. But it's not a traditional musical. We've talked about that. That's what I'm before. trying to say. Is yeah, that right. It's like the songs don't serve a narrative purpose. Most and they're of and them. they're actually performing the songs in the universe. It's not like in High School Musical or Zombies where they just like do an aside and are like, and now I'm singing about my feelings. It's like, all right, I'm gonna get up on stage. I'm gonna sing this song I wrote. Um, but Tess comes up and uh, she like. Uh, Mitchie introduces herself. She's like, oh, I love your mom so much. And she's like, yeah, of course you do because she's TJ Tyler. And uh, she's like, who's your, like, who are you related to? And she's like, oh, I mean, like, my, I mean, I have my dad. She goes, what does your dad do? And he, she says he runs, runs a, hardware, a store. hardware store. And then she's like, okay, bye, poor girl. She doesn't say that. But, but that's, my that's mom. Sweet. But she says, but my mom, uh, she's the CEO or whatever of Hot Tunes TV in China. And so, you know, I'm super rich and cool. And I know all these people in the industry. It's no big deal. I did forget about this whole subplot. And the subplot actually, like, these, I'm so numb to these stupid movies after doing this podcast. This actually made me really sad. Her mom is so cool and yeah. nice. And so down to like help her. The fact that she lies about her mom, it really cut me deep. And I was really waiting for a scene that her and the mom were going to have where she the lie gets revealed to her mom. And then she's gonna she was going to be mad at her daughter for being ashamed of her. And they were going to have a whole emotional talk. And that doesn't happen in this movie. And I feel like it was they set that up but didn't go with it. You know what I mean? Connie yeah. is far too good for... Her moody child for this. Yes. Movie. Oh yeah. No, for definitely. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> She's too good for me. She's too good for all of us. Like I, we none of Amen. us deserve her. Amen. Um. And then so they're like, oh hey, awesome. You should come sit with us. Or then they do they immediately invite her into the cabin. I don't remember. Yes. Almost oh yeah. Yes. And she's like, oh, we have a spare bed in our cabin. You should come stay with us. She's like, oh, wow, that'd be great. And she abandons Allison Stoner, which is a sin that equates death in my book. You never abandon Allison Stoner. She has been nothing but nice to you. And you just throw her on the wayside like a piece of trash. How dare you? Jumping to, as you were saying, your funniest part of the movie was the Allison Stoner marimba music. My favorite part of this movie that made me laugh incessantly was like, so they go back to their cabin and Tess Tyler is holding a poster of her own mother (laughs) seemingly from tiger beat magazine and calling her mother on the phone and to which she's blown off and we learned that like her she's like her mom doesn't pay attention to her and that's like her whole like villain origin story but we see this poster multiple times she has posters of her own mom all over her room and then looks at these posters of her mom like in times of trouble like they're like the magic mirror from Snow White. It is so 
funny to me. I can't even begin to describe it. We are being just viciously clubbed over the head with the fact that it's like, this is an important thing. She has abandonment issues. She is yeah. longing for her. You will notice because she's staring at the photo insanely. Like The only way she gets to see her mom is by looking <laughs> at <Yeah>. the photo. <laughs> yeah, it's like, she's never seen her face in years. Like, she must look at a tiger meat poster. Like, why wouldn't she have a photo of them together? Like, a normal child. Like, nope. why is she looking at, like, a magazine rip-out poster every time her mom is brought up? It's so crazy. Speaking of things we get beat over the head with, uh, she comes in and uh she makes uh, she, like a uh, test gives her the bed next to her and she says peggy has to move that's one of the t- she has two uh, i don't know if you actually mentioned them she has two sidekicks two mean girl sidekicks peggy and ella. ella peggy and ella and they are both largely uh uninteresting and unimportant which i was disappointed by they feel so less on the cutting room floor so less on the until the yeah. final jam you're like why did we not hear anything from them but uh but so then she's also like oh hey that's a cool charm bracelet tessa and she's like oh yes my mom has a charm every time she wins a grammy and it's got you know a bunch of like music notes on it and guys audience that's gonna become important later so so keep that in the back of your head um, and again, just beating it over the head that she's, you know, rich and successful. And Well, also, randomly, they ask her because Demi Lovato has, like, one tiny duffel bag of clothes. And they're like, how are all your clothes in there? And she's like, oh, I got rid of most of my clothes. Something comes out, like, where she got something. And she's like, oh, it's from, and she uses the Mandarin that her high school friend said to her in the first scene. And she's like, it means happy summer. And pretend it's a Mandarin boutique because of Hot Tunes China, which is like a nice callback to that random scene. Where it is. I, Mandarin I thought I thought that was a good bit of writing. I liked it. Um, and then they all and they also see her songbook, and they say, "Oh, you write this songs." This is also fucking wild. Yeah, bitch, it's camp fucking rock. Doesn't everyone write songs? Why were they acting like she had like a growth on her face for writing songs? I was like, she's in camp rock. Is that not the point of this shit? Well, no, the weirder thing is they're just like, oh, well, we'd lo- like, that's great. Do you have anything good? And then she just starts singing it in front of them. Like, she's just like, like, there's no like thing like where she's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll sing one for you. Something. She just starts going like, uh, this is real. Uh, this is me. And like, just out of nowhere, it really threw me. I was like, I didn't think they- It was so awkward. Yeah, I was like, I didn't think they meant sing it now without any bat music behind it, but for I mean, a place called Camp Rock, where you would assume there are rock instruments, there's so much acapella happening. Yeah, yeah like, I agree. it's wild. And so then it cuts to like breakfast. Here's okay. I'm gonna say one thing really quickly, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, and raise your hand if you did. Didn't notice this until I saw this movie this time. How insane! The lunchroom set design of this movie is. There is a massive fruit salad housed inside a drum. I did not. No, the, the only and thing, it, the only thing I noticed that made me scream was the soda dispensing trumpet. Yes, yes, guys, that's not even it. At a certain point, they serve cookies out of a guitar case. Like every <laughs> single food display is somehow incorporated into an instrument, and it is fucking insane. It's, I, I love like, that like, though. It's I know I, I absolutely love it that I never noticed it until this point. And whoever did the set design deserves a, lo- a raise. It's incredible. And you know who that could be attributed to? Connie Torres. <laughs> that is that is that the is the true culinary genius. True culinary genius of Connie Connie Torres. She's incredible. Um, and then, so they do breakfast and she's like sitting with Caitlin and Lola and then those two guys whose names we don't know. Um, and one of them calls her Mia Moore. She's, they're like, oh, what's up, Mia Moore? And they definitely had a scene where he hit on her earlier and it's left on the cutting on room the floor. On the cutting room floor. 
And, uh, but then Tess comes in and is like, Al, uh, Mishy, we're over here. And then she leaves them to go sit with them. And I'm like, stop abandoning Allison Stoner. And then we cut to like the first actual class of this camp that we see, which Brown is teaching. And, uh, he's like, all right, who wants to come up and sing? And Mitchie doesn't raise her hand, because as I said, she has stage fright at this point. But everyone else raises their hand, because they're all, right. like, Right, because they're all, you know, jazzed. But Brown picks her because she doesn't want to sing, because he's a professional educator, and he knows how to bring out the best in his students, goddammit. She sings a little bit of This Is Real, This Is Me, and then everyone in the class is like, whoa, she's really good. And then he's like, oh, was that an original? That was really good. It was a good job. And then you see this, this like, look on Tessa's face of just, like, ugh, competition dun 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 also this is the, this class is the first time that you fucking realize that tess tyler has no rhythm because they're all like clapping in the beginning and tess cannot even clap to the beat i'm like then <laughs> that's a sign of what's to come where like she cannot dance without looking like three disassociated twigs like waving <laughs> in the wind like it's so bad um but like peggy and ella are like oh my gosh that was so good blah 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 and then uh tess is like you know what uh, we should totally all perform together at Final Jam because she's like, you'll be a great background singer and we like never let people into our group. And then she's like, oh, well, I kind of wanted to sing solo. And she's like, oh, well, that's ambitious singing solo at your first Final Jam. Wow, you're brave. And then she's like, oh, no, 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 you're right. I, I, I think it'll be fun if we all do a number together. And she's like, awesome, great, wow. And then uh, we see Brown waking Shane up by dumping water on his head. Nothing is funnier than this scene to me. And this is all we have to talk about it is that like Shane's like a lazy entitled pop boy and like he won't wake up to go to his classes and teach them whatever. There's a vase of flowers next to his bed. The flowers are so visibly fake. Yes. <laughs> like they are, they are plastic. They got and them out of a magician's sleeve. <laughs> literally, they are visibly plastic Brown takes the flowers out and dumps the water on his face. And, like, they do the whole, like, oh, like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm just waking you up. You got to go to class. And then on the way out, in a hilarious line, Brown's like, can you put some water back in those flowers? They look a little dry. They're plastic. <laughs> like, why would you even draw attention to those plastic flowers that you fucking visibly pulled out and we saw that were fake? Like, it is so crazy that that was a line. Like, I was like, I was like, why would you draw attention to your fake fucking flowers? I think it's around this point where he, like, kind of, like, marches Shane up to the classroom. And there's this beautiful line where Shane's like, in my world, it is all about me. And Brown being just the sass queen that we all need. <laughs> is just like well this is my world or yes. something like that it was yeah, amazing no, he, he like puts his arm around him and is like well look around we're in my world and i was like damn brown hitting him hard i love it um also um i think it's maybe a little bit before that is uh shane comes shane comes into the kitchen uh to complain about the fact that his food allergies are not being honored yes which is a legitimate concern but he's being a bit of a jerk about it but mitchie is of course nervous about getting caught in the kitchens especially by this pop star that she likes also her room had posters of connect three everywhere so you know she's a big fan but she was like fucking dragging him when he was and for that scandal that wasn't really a scandal she was like he has everything he doesn't even know i don't i couldn't tell if she was super into him or not. she's weird um and then so she comes he comes in and she's like hiding at her table and puts a cookie hat on and then just takes some flour and just throws it in her face like a like mrs doubtfire pretty much <laughs> which I, I i i know for a fact in my heart of hearts they played in the trailer all the time yes. which is like her yes. like being like oh uh, coming up over the table with a face full of flour and then he's like yelling that and also that and also you're going to camp rock when the parents oh, yeah, say yeah, that yeah, i remember course. and she goes ah, and screams that's yes, from the trailer definitely to be fair i would also throw flour in my face at like the prospect of being confronted by joe jonas but that might just be a me thing <laughs> me and mitch 
Okay, so he comes in about his food allergies. He's like, nobody's gonna And she's like, um, hey, I'm a person. Talk to me like a person. Because, you know, she's a strong yeah. kind of woman. Yeah, she's I like I, I liked the speech he gave also, I really enjoyed it. And it made me really understand, like, why he likes her. But at the same time, he also picks up a cupcake. And with one finger, swipes <laughs> the frosting, puts it in his mouth, and sucks on his finger <laughs> in the most sensual way. The camera cuts Halfway through, they're like, oh, no. They're like, PG-13. <laughs> like, they, like, you can see the cameraman swivel away from Dodo. And I was like, you, like someone loses an arm. And, the, and I was like, what happened? Like, who was he not directed to do that? Like, he's like, hey, by the way, my food allergies. Like, sucking on frosting off his finger. Like, it is so sensual and insane. I did not notice that, but that gives me so much joy. Like, you have to go back and watch it. It is a sensual diva move that you can tell the camera was like, no! Like, away! It was it's so crazy because you don't finish you don't finish seeing him suck the frosting off because it's so sexual it might be the most sexual thing in this movie because no one kisses yeah, in this movie no one okay. kisses but mm-hmm. Jojo just sucks on his own finger like a penis it's crazy <laughs> but I, I'm sorry I really but okay let's so, so yeah they, they meet in the kitchen that's what happens that's pretty much all that's important about the scene she tells him off and he's like whoa okay but the most important thing that happens that we need to talk about before we go to break is that we cut to the hip hop dance class. Oh my god! Thank oh, God this is before we're gonna break. Lord. Yeah, they're all sitting around. They're like, oh my gosh. Did anyone else thought they heard it wrong when they're like, oh, you're teaching hip hop dance? I was like, that couldn't be what I what I. No, heard. no, I was like, I it was, has to be guitar. I, I dance. was, like, I, I was on board, man. I was ready, willing, and able. I, my body was ready. That you, you are right. It's a little bit out of left field, but it's also one of the best scenes in the goddamn movie because so they're all sitting ground, on the ground. They're like whispering like, oh my gosh, Shangri is about to be here. This is so exciting. And then he just bursts in and the first line he says made me so excited. Grab a hat and a microphone and follow me. And I was like, yes, yes, thank you, Disney Channel. Yes, I was turned on. It. I was turned on. Grabs the, everyone goes, they grab like a, a like a trucker Also, hat for and context, people who haven't watched, everyone's in cargo shorts. Everyone in the scene. Well, There's yeah. not a single person not in cargo shorts. And they all have trucker hats and mics. Don't forget the key element, though, of Joe Jonas being his rebel self in the tightest Painted on jeans. I have seen oh this side of 2005. <laughs> They're leggings. They're leggings. They're so tight. But it's just, I guys, you can complain about this scene all you want, but just the movement and the choreography. Also, isn't this the start, start, start the party? That's a banger. It's a fucking banger. I'll put that in the middle, Emma. Also, I'm sorry. He learned this choreo so well. Like, he's really good at it. And there's a point where he yells, Everybody across the floor. And I jumped out of my seat. I was ready to go across the floor. Like, I, he's commanding me to do things I'm not prepared to do. Like, I was, and then they all, like, do the choreo across the floor in a day. I know, like, in a real dance class. I was tintillated. I'll say that. It, it was a feast for the eyes. I'll definitely agree. Oh, also, the other thing I wanted to say was that it's really funny to watch that. Because Joe Jonas is selling it. He's really good. Demi Lovato knows what she's doing. But it is really fucking funny because Allison Stoner is so good. She's distracting. <laughs> Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Because she's an amazing dancer. Like, she's the girl from Missy Elliott. Like, she's 
so incredible, so much better than everyone else, than Joe, than Demi. Like, she's so good. I couldn't stop. Like, when you know how, like, when you watch a dance and, like, somebody's the best and your eyes just automatically go to them? I couldn't stop looking at her. It's really distracting to have someone who's that good at dancing be next to people that are just dancing for a movie. It's really fucking funny. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, actually, that's this is the last part of that scene, is that they do this whole incredible number, and then uh, the drum guy with the sticks, he trips at the end, and Tessa's like, oh. Over what? his like own soul like uh, nothing <laughs> well she's like and she's like talk about dancing to your own rhythm or something like that because he plays the Tess drums Tyler says that yeah I, that's what I said and he and then he comes over Joe Jonas comes over to him and he's like oh do you play the drums and then he just without saying a word he just pulls the drumsticks out of his pocket because again cargo shorts can he not speak like why no he that's the I thought they weren't gonna let him he gets like two lines and this is about to be one of them and he just starts drumming on the floor and I swear to you guys this this entire movie goes without you never see him play the drums. He only drums. Never. He only drums on things that are not drums. It's crazy. Wait, did you guys notice that at the end where there's actually a drum roll? It's not him. Yes. <laughs> not, there is a room no. for it and they don't do Why it. Why would they not do that? I don't know. Because they hate us. Because they hate us and they refuse to let us be happy. I'm hitting my chair. That's how angry I am. And then Joe Jonas is just like, oh, you see, you got the rhythm. It's just in your hands and those sticks. You know, we got to get it down to your feet. I'll work with you. And that's the first like sign that Joe Jonas, maybe he's not so bad a, a guy. This is Shane. This is really the only sign we get. Yeah. And, okay. then, and then this is Andy's. His, we've learned his name is Andy. And then he gets one line. And he's like, oh, cool. Thanks, man. And that's all we get out of him because this movie does not care about having side characters. So we need to take a break and we'll come back. But so excuse us while we go have a little jam sesh and we will return in no time to continue rocking on. <laughs> Okay, so uh, actually before the campfire jam, uh, there's a small scene where they're eating and then the mom comes up and Mitchie has to like deflect the truth that, you know, it's her uh, mom. Also, but what's also weird here is this is also something we've talked a lot about how this movie, a lot of this movie was left on the cutting room floor. Um, this movie was also just poorly edited in a couple ways, but also here because they talk about this meal like it's breakfast. But it's not. We already saw them eat breakfast. Because she says, like, we saw them eat breakfast before Shane came in and all that stuff. But then they're sitting at this table and the mom comes up and like, hey, how are you guys having your breakfast or whatever? And then, like, friggin' Tessa's like, oh, carbs before 10 a.m.? Gross, which is, again, bad. But I was like, you you guys already ate breakfast. What are you talking about? Like, I don't know how that got through, but it really threw me. That I was like, did they eat two breakfasts at this camp? What are they, hobbits? <laughs> um, but so they have that scene and she deflects that the cook is her mom by saying she's, like, a celebrity chef or something like that. Like, a chef for celebrities, not a celebrity chef. Uh, but then we go to the campfire jam, which isn't one too of many important. jams. One of the four jams, which isn't too important, other than we see Tessa perform, and she—I forget—which is an iconic Tess Tyler song, which is like "I'm too cool." To yes, know yeah. You. Oh yeah, this song. Please know that in my daily life, it will pop into my head and get <laughs> stuck in my head. And I like this has been a thing since the first time I saw this movie. It follows me and haunts me, and I love it and hate it so much. It's also like a classic villain song where it's like so blatantly. Like, we get it, you're popular. He has like a lemonade mouth with Mudslide Crush where they just had the songs that were like, don't you wish you were us? Like the, that kind of thing. The only thing important about the song otherwise is that we see that we see uh, Shane watching 
her perform. And then we have uh, Mitchie and Peggy and Ella doing the background. And they just look so stupid. In the best outfits in the world. <laughs> okay, I have I have several comments about these outfits. Well, hang on, let me finish mine. And it's not, well, it's not just the outfits. The outfits are insane. Like, and a lot of the performing outfits are in this film. But it's just like, so she has, you have Tess who's performing. She has like all these backup dancers. And then they're just, they're just like off to the side on like the absolute farthest corner of the stage from the audience. And they're just like huddled around one mic, just being like too cool. And then just standing down. Like they, they don't do anything else. And I know that's what background singers do, but the fact they're all sharing one mic huddled around it, like away from like the star, it made me laugh really hard. Um, and then also um, we see cut into Mitchie a bunch and she like, you know, seems uneasy where she's like, oh, I don't want to be doing this. This was a horrible mistake. Uh, what were you going to say? Um? um, First of all, the dresses they're wearing is like a full sequin dress, but also like with a shiny legging on top. And this dress doesn't look good on anyone over 10 pounds. Um, which is why Tess Tyler is rocking it and everyone else looks terrible. And that they put those poor girls in a full sequin dress is a actual crime. Other thing was, I was really disconcerted <laughs> by the choreography of the Too Cool number because she's so skinny and she has that really skinny arm. It's just the like shoulder. bones. And it's all shoulder choreography. Oh and she's gosh. bouncing it in my face. And I was like, get it away. You're going to, someone's going to lose an eye. Like it was, <laughs> it, the shoulder was all in my face and it made me so uncomfortable. Look, like she was popping her shoulder in and out of a socket. To the point where like I was watching this, I rewound it multiple times to try and replicate that motion. It is impossible. It's literally <laughs> impossible. I'm doing it right now. You guys can't see me, but I'm trying it. I don't think I can do it either, especially on that beat. Well, I think it's because you need to need to weigh 10 pounds soaking wet, like we said. Yeah, like, I guess. Only someone with her bone structure can pull it off. It was incredible. That was just something else. And okay, so the song ends and they all go off the stage and like Caitlin like catches Mitchie and is like, so how is it singing back up, huh? And she just like runs away because she doesn't want to admit that it sucks. So then I think it cuts to Shane sitting by a lake strumming his guitar right yeah i, and I, this I blacked is, out all these scenes if i think it was that one and that's like their first actual interaction like yes, we're like yes. midway through the movie or oh, maybe, right maybe. So, something like that but yeah shane's sitting by the lake playing his guitar singing a little song and mitchie's like hiding behind a tree and he like catches caesar behind the corner of his eye and is like oh can't i have like one no guys his rage this is something that i want to bring up later also like his weird rage judge when is afraid where he's like can't a guy get some peace it's like oh my god sir who hurt you like why are you <laughs> screaming at young women like don't it, forget he's fought he's three edgy that that's the whole thing i forgot he's a bad boy he's the bad boy of pop and like i he and random points will just jump into like this weird moment of rage that you're like oh oh god it's not warranted, but I guess, all right. And this is also where I noted that his face is 50% eyebrow. Like, his eyebrows are so <laughs> large. This is a recurring thing for Joe Jonas that society just has... We've all addressed, but nothing's been done. Yeah, we've never caught up to what's <laughs> happening here. Um, this was a weird time for him, and that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. He I think he's come around now. I think he's doing all right. Um, but yeah, like, so he's playing this guitar and, like, gets mad at her, and then she's like, sorry, I, I don't know. And I want to point something out. She does not introduce herself in this scene. She never says, hi, I'm Mitchie or anything. They are going to become like friends, romantic partners in a couple more scenes over the course of the movie. She also never tells him her mom's the president of Hot Tunes TV China. Yeah, that's the other thing. And yes. we'll talk about that later. He just all of a sudden knows it via osmosis, I guess, via like camp gossip. But like she never like. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a thing. Fine, we'll talk about it here. Part of the reason he likes her is because he thinks that she's like so real or something like that. And but at the end, when her 
course, you know, her lie is revealed. He's like, you were just pretending to be the hot tunes daughter. So you could get close to Shane Gray. I get it. And I was like, she never once told you that who she was or that was her thing. Like, you're right. I could totally believe that like people around the camp were talking about it and he overheard them or something or someone told him that. But he acts like it was specific. That was the reason she lied was to get to him. And it is never brought up in any of their interactions. He is devastated by it, too. Like, devastated. Oh, like, tears guys, in his eyes, guys, weeping. Late- yes. I literally, my note later on, I was like, is JoJo just going to cry on Gaggy? Like, he- <laughs> is absolutely nothing has broken him like this has like he is broken and they just needed they really just needed to show them interacting a little bit more and interacting a little bit better and it would have made a way more sense but you know what i bet they did and you know where those scenes are (gasps) on the cutting room floor like i get their chemistry i totally get the two of them together yeah yes lead into it it's just like bam and you're together and now kiss i also feel like don't you feel like your cultural knowledge though like backwardly informs it like i know in my heart of hearts because of interviews that happened in 2017 that like they were doing blow and making out with each other on tour buses at this point so like we know like i, I get demi and joe together you know what i mean like it's like you it's, like, need to know, have that knowledge like to watch like, this like, like that <laughs> cultural knowledge knowing them being like oh yeah we did a ton of drugs and we're just like boning across the country um like him and my nick and miley cyrus and her and joe and so it's like I know that, and it's backwards informing me that, like, me buying them as a couple, but they don't really do a great job of setting it up. I do agree that. Right. No, that's a good way to put it. They have chemistry, but they don't, the, the writing just isn't there to make yes, this work. Yes, yes. Um, but, like, yeah, so she tells him that he likes the, she likes the song he was playing. It sounds different from most of his other stuff. And then he's like, yeah, well, the record company doesn't let me play this kind of song because they don't think it'll sell. This is fucking hilarious, also, because what he plays that is supposed to be so different is just pop it's just cookie cutter yeah. pop and he's like they only want cookie cutter pop and then he's like got you i just wanna play my music i was like that is also pop like, I was like <laughs> you're not like you're doing a ballad like it's like, no you, you are right but it also made gave me the vibe that i feel like uh the connect three had their own disney channel prequel movie where they had a cheetah girls-esque like selling their soul to a record company that we don't see because oh, they act like sure. it's the most tragic thing in the world i would watch that movie to this day like let's <laughs> put them in wigs let's make it happen Happen. Let's put them. They don't need wigs, Marissa. They already have that hair. You can just straighten <laughs> it or curl it. Well, no, I think she means like they're obviously older now, but I think that would be funnier actually if they're all just the ages <laughs> they are now and just no one addresses the fact that they don't look like 13 or whatever. Also, how old are they supposed to be? He said he was at this camp three years ago, and this is her first time. Is there an age thing to the camp? She's exactly my age. So she's 26, which I remember knowing this because Miley Cyrus is also exactly my age and they were friends. So Demi Lovato is exactly my age. She's 26. Joe Jonas is 29. He's three years older than her. So I would say she's probably about 16. He's probably about 18. 19. 19. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I mean, that's a little weird because of the whole, you know, she's technically a minor then. We ignore have ignored this in every Disney Channel original movie to this point. We can't start harping on it now. This is a problem in literally Uh, everything. Yeah, you're not you're not wrong. That's probably why they don't kiss. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so now I need to take you to the most disappointing scene in the entire movie. The terrible cock tease of a fake food fight? Yes! Oh my god! Why wouldn't they give us a food fight? Did we not have food fight in the budget? I don't understand. It literally let me okay, so here's what happens. 
freaking Caitlin sitting at a de- at a table eating, or she has her, she always has her laptop on her because she's mixing music or whatever, playing weird marimba beats. Yeah, and Tessa trips over her sh- her shoe, and she's like, "Oh, sorry." And then she sees it's Tessa, and she's like, "Oh, never mind. I'm not sorry." Tessa gives her some remark about how how like she looks like garbage and she's not popular or something like that. And then Tessa pours some of her like spaghetti on her, and she's like, "Whoa!" And she's like, "That was on purpose." And Tessa's like, "Oh, well, you know, anything can improve your outfit." And then like pours more on intentionally, and then. Like, Caitlin, like, Alison Stoner, like, reaches in and just starts grabbing it and hucking it. And literally, my notes are just like, oh, could it be? People are throwing food. I I, I like where this is going. And this, then, I felt it. I felt like it was going to erupt. I was ready. I was just, I was waiting for one of the, one of the Hostel Vista crew to stand on a table and yell, food fight! And it all held to break loose, and it doesn't happen. And There's my heart just was broken. three skinny white women throwing plain <laughs> pasta kind of at each other. Like, that's all it is. Like, kind of dropping it on their shoulders. Like, yeah, it's it's such a pussy food fight. Like they're like me, like kind of a little bit tossing plain spaghetti at each other. I wanted someone to like get marinara to the face, like, and that doesn't happen. I guarantee you, the YMCA wouldn't let them do it. They were like, okay, then they're gonna have a food fight, and the YMCA was like, what? And they're like, it will be plain pasta. It'll be three girls, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Three girls, plain pasta, or we walk. Damn it, find your camp somewhere. God damn it, we had these floors rebuffed last year. We're not doing it again. We have square dancing at six p.m. You can't fuck up our floors. It's men's swim night. We're gonna be finding (laughs) lettuce in the nets for weeks. Yeah, they <laughs> fucking shot them down for sure. Definitely. Uh, but then, but yeah, so they're, they're throwing food back for her. Mitchie tries to get in the way. End of, I'm just jumping out of it. Mitchie, Tess, and Allison Stoner. Does she have a character name? Caitlin. Caitlin. Um, they get dragged into brown, coked out Australian guy's office. And he's like, you'll, you throw a shrimp Don't on do the, the accent. Bobby. Don't you, do the accent. Oh, you no. fucked <laughs> up. And you threw shrimp food. on the bobby. <laughs> <laughs> she needs a phrase to try and get into it. And yeah, it's like you threw a shrimp on the barbie and you, you know, you messed up and who threw nah, the food Emma, first? Emma, Emma, please This is stop. beautiful. I avoided doing it because I feel like I narrowly escaped getting yelled at for doing the Irish accent last month. I'm fully prepared for the abuse I'll get for this. So he yells at them and is like, who threw food first? Technically it was Caitlin because Tess accidentally dropped the food or whatever. And Accidentally basically, in quotes. Basically, yeah. Basically what happens is Caitlin's now put on kitchen duty as punishment, which womp womp hijinks. Mitchie's on kitchen right. duty, but no one can know because her mom's a cook. And also Mitchie doesn't defend Caitlin, and that's kind of a weird like moment right. where she's like, fuck you. Well, no, it's not even that. So this scene is weird because he does not ask Mitchie anything. Mitchie no. is not a part of anything. I don't understand why he she's even there. I thought this was leading to a scene where she was going to have to choose, where she was going to have to be like, oh, well, you know, Caitlin, you know, got it, jumped on her, but she did start it or something like that. Like, she was going to have to defend one and not the other and fully commit. But she's just kind of there, and then just Caitlin just gets mad at her and leaves. And I was like, so what was the point of Mitchie even being there? I mean, it, it happened a little bit, like a little tiny bit, but it came to nothing. Like there was, right. like, you kind of expect, oh, she'll side with one of them. Nope, nothing. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay. So then it cuts to Mitchie carrying a box of tortilla chips uh, down by the docks and she runs into Shade again. And he's like, hey, do you have a second? I want to run something by you. And she's like, oh yeah, sure. And then it cuts to this super romantic scene. They're like at a low, small, low hanging dock with like some trees over them. And Shane's just sitting there and he's playing, starts playing a song for her. And like the wind, you know, is blowing their hair back and forth. And I was like, this scene exclusively exists for girls like Marissa, I presume. And I, and and I am thankful. Thank you for your service, Disney Channel. The only time they drew me one better is that, and, and by me, I mean me at the age this was appropriate. Um, when he's shirtless later on, I said, thank you, execs. (laughs) Thank you, execs. 
giving the Wait, people can, what they want. Let, let me just throw this out there about this song. If this could be my first dance song, oh! if if this were allowed. Marissa, 100%. My notes here are, first of all, this song is beautiful. This song is beautiful, and I and I love This Is Me, and this song ends up fusing with This Is Me in, like, a weird Star Is Born perfect duet that they never practice. Oh, uh, That's happened in this movie, too. And with these two songs, they fuse together. But I was like, first of all, Jojo's character turns around in five seconds. He's His douche is completely shedded. He's now a, a sweetheart within five seconds. I like this song better than This Is Me. I, I do like This Is Me, but, like, for some reason, this song produces a more emotional response. Like, I am, I teared, I teared up while listening oh, to him chills. do this. Chills. chills. Like, when this was on, I, I replayed this <laughs> multiple times. Like, there is a video that I sent to multiple people of me, like, almost weeping along to this. <laughs> yeah, I, I had full, I was fully had tears in my eyes. And it reminded me of, like, when I remember when I was in college, there was, like, a study that came out about Adele, someone like you, how, like, the notes of that song, like, produce, like, emotional responses in people. And it's, like, a science chemistry. I feel that way about this song like this like i can just hear the three notes of it and i'm like i'm emotional like i I, it is so beautiful and i was so rocked by how good it is i oh no this scene specifically gave me like i was like this is what i can't remember how old i was when this came out but like how i was like 14 15 like this is what i thought romance would be like random guys singing to you on a pier it also makes sense marissa that like she so so if we just did the math demi lovato is our age like she was like this was me i was like this is real this is me why is nobody trying to find me like i i i I, was i (laughs) that's what i noticed in this scene actually is that if you look at the way they shoot it it's so the back demi's back is to the camera and I said they absolutely did that so little girls could put their yes, face right I, there. And I, I was there. I was there. <laughs> I was he was singing to me. Um I don't understand what's wrong with but, that. But, I think but, but, no, well here's what's wrong with that. That's what we were saying. Is that like this scene feels like it's like a grand romantic gesture. Like he's gonna about to tell her he loves her or something like he's opening his soul. They've had like one conversation I in don't the last care. scene. And point, they didn't learn each other's don't names. Care. And also don't care. And also like at this point I remember being like Juju and this looks so stupid. Look at this stupid straightened hair. Like, what a fucking idiot. And I saw three chords of this song and I was like, I'm all in. I forgot. I was like, I was like, I, you are the gift. <laughs> you are the voice. You are the reason uh, that well, I'm speaking, singing. Spe- speaking of him being the voice, this is another thing. So this is not, as we said, a musical type musical. They're just supposed to be literally performing the songs in the context of the movie. But something weird they do starting with this song, I feel like, is like they either like auto-tune people. So you uh, like obviously have posts. Yes. And oh. Oh, do they auto-tune people? Tess Tyler is so auto-tuned in every single song. She yes. like a fucking robot. I thought yes. I was watching Chappie. Like, no, it's yeah. like she <laughs> is... <laughs> What the hell do you know about Chappie? That was the weirdest thing I've ever heard you say. Like she is so auto-tuned. She sounds robotic. So so did you look at did you look at Tess Tyler and say that's Chappie? Is that what that's Chappie? But uh, but no, yeah, that during the campfire jam I noticed too. But also here, Joe Jonas starts providing his own background vocals (laughs) as he's singing the song. Oh yeah, you're so right. He opens his mouth and like five people come out. It's incredible. But but so he asked her, like, so what do you think? And, like, clearly she's, like, trembling with uh, affection I, wet for this man. Wet as a paper <laughs> towel in all right, the I didn't, All right, I didn't want to say She has after. to be. I, I'm 
sorry. I was thinking for all women there. Who wouldn't be? It's fucking 2008. It's Joe Jonas. She's soaking. Like, She's come on. open for business. Yeah. Like, that. She's so, only human. Come on. But so instead of jumping his bones there and then, like any woman would have. <laughs> she, um, she does not represent all women in that scene because any own else, anyone else. Yeah. It's the <laughs> most unrealistic thing about this movie. But so she, he's like, what do you think? And she's like, oh, wow, it's great. I'm seriously, I never lie. And I said, Mitchie, all you've done this entire film is lie, but continue. Good point. But she's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I'm having such a spiritual connected moment for, with you. Oh, but also I need to head back. You know, I was in the middle of something. And taco like, oh, night, he, baby. It's Taco, yeah, it's taco Tuesday. Night. And he's like, oh, going back to the kitchen. She's like, what? What do you mean? And he's like, yeah, you know, you got to get those chips. And he's she's like, oh, yeah. So he doesn't like know she's in the kitchen, but she was worried that her cover was blown. But so then she goes back to the kitchen and delivers the tortilla chips that she had. And we see Caitlin come in and like uh, the mom's like showing her how to help out or something like that. And then she comes around the corner, sees her and tries to like hide her face. But she ends up slipping on a mock bucket and getting literally her entire body this soaking fall wet. would have killed a man. It is it's legendary. Demi Lovato accidentally puts her foot into like a water bucket and slides like... 15 feet at 60 miles per hour across the kitchen and like chips go flying. She should have gotten whiplash. She should have got a concussion at least. If her speed of falling in love with Joe Jonas wasn't enough to give her whiplash, this would, this is it. This is it. (laughs) This is what gets her. Yeah, very true. Point is, Caitlin sees her and she's like, oh my God, you're just the cook's daughter. You're not, you know, a rich, super hot tune star or whatever. Also, by the way, I I had the subtitles on for some of this and hot tunes, they spell it in the subtitles with an S. I believe in my heart of hearts it's spelled with a Z in real life and no one can take that from me. Go with God. But she's like, okay, freaking this is crazy. You are a liar. Ha 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 ha. I'm going to tell everybody. Ha 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 ha. You suck because you abandoned me. I'm goddamn Allison Stoner. I'm better than you. And she's like, please, you don't understand. I was just nervous. I didn't want to be popular. And then she's like, I don't care. I'm still going to call you out because you've been nothing but mean to me when I've been nothing but nice to you. And then she says, well, what? You're not that much better with your like, I don't care about anything attitude. And I was like, she does not when have is, that. When was that ever established <laughs> for a character? Not- at all. No, she, she clearly cares, especially about you, because she's v- helped you so, so much in this movie. Like, I don't understand what you're talking about. But then the mom comes in and breaks the fight up. Well, she doesn't, like, break it up intentionally, but she gets Demi some new clothes or whatever. But then, so then it cuts into dinner, and they have, as Emma said, tacos out of guitar case. They have a whole taco bar type situation. It's very good. And uh, Tessa is holding what I presume to be uh, yet another copy of tiger meat magazine and and a uh like a write-up on shane and being like oh shane like loves this and blah 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 blah. but now and so now we're gonna try and like me for to get me in good with shane so everybody for the jam tonight need you all to wear a green hoodie and white shorts green is shane's favorite color this is the also the whatever is the pajama jam the best named jam the best named jam the best named jam and uh then does anything else happen in that scene because i think we just cut right to it fucking go to the pajama jam let's go baby pajama jam what's weird is Mitchie happens to have this out very specific outfit when I they know that she doesn't. I that too. What yeah. in the world? They, uh, they said she didn't have she a lot of like clothes. She has like four shirts and they make yeah. fun of her for being poor and having four shirts. Also, this movie again, and we'll touch on this later, but like they do a lot of making fun of people to their face for just like being poor, which is wild <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. Like again, much like, like when you always say Disney Channel, like the kids are meaner than they were and you're like, kids are mean, but like no one, I don't remember anyone being like, meh, you're poor. Like I think that was <laughs> like it's usually like they like frame that as like being like weird like they truly just like hate poor people in this movie which is like a wild 
stance to take, but right. Okay, so the pajama jam is the, it's inside. It's basically in a bunk where like there's kids all like over the floor. A tiny. The, I was like, yeah, it's very cameras small. Cameras on the set. Yeah, well, you could tell this took place during the adult swim at the YMCA, so they couldn't give them the whole room. <laughs> um, so they had to sh- this shove them in the side hall. Definitely during bingo night, and they had they, 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 they <laughs> everything else was busy. They had to do right, this. right. But so it's everybody's like crammed in. They've got like bunks and couches, and everyone's in their pajamas. And so Caitlin goes up to start performing. And so we see her at this table and she has her laptop set up. And I was like, oh, that's what she does. She's like a DJ. She like mixes music with her computer and stuff like that. Mm-mm. That's not what she does. She Marimba like plays music again. Yeah. She plays like the keyboards. And oh. I was like, how is this a music producer thing? Are you saying a, she does the a- keyboards? Because what I was going to say was she just plays the Super Mario Brothers theme. Because that's all this is. <laughs> Pretty much. She does just like weird like plank, 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 plank songs. And I was like, what is this music? Why? What is going on? I honestly, I had this thought that like somehow the music that they had that she played, Disney has lost the license to it over the years. And they've replaced it with the Super Mario song. Yeah, and they had to put in this weird music. So like we were watching like the re-release on DisneyChannel.com or something where that music taken out. That's literally a thought I had for a minute. That would make more sense than whatever is currently being played. You know what also super doesn't make sense? The outfit, which is a pink leopard t-shirt over a long sleeve pink under long sleeve shirt (laughs) which is something that hard to watch (laughs) speaking of outfits so they all show up the three sidekicks and by three of them i mean mitchie too show up in the outfit they talked about the exact same one like it's not even like a the same various color same exact outfit and then freaking uh tessa comes in and wearing like this flowing green dress get it right I thought Tess was a shortened version. I thought it was Tessa. Tess. Tess. Okay, excuse her legal, me. Her legal, godly name, <laughs> Tessa. Her Christian name. Uh, so, but so Tessa shows up in like this big green gown and they're like, I thought you were wearing the hoodie thing. She's like, no, that's just for you backup dancers, singers, like obviously. And Caitlin starts performing and Shane is there and he's like bopping his head being like, oh, this girl's got good music. Dude, she super does it. 95% of Joe Donut's performance in this movie is listening to other people lip sync music and nodding his head as like a skeptical audience member and being like, I feel that. Like, that's his, like, all of his acting in this movie. That was his contract, like, three songs and just head bopping. <laughs> yeah. But, like, at first being skeptical, but then slowly. <laughs> slowly like but it. surely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, uh, Tessa sees that. Tess, Tess. Damn they, it. they never call her Tessa. Excuse this me. Other movie. What was the other movie where you could not get that woman's name right? Motocross Andrea. Yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> when you called her Andrea and her name was Andrea. Tess, Tyler, yeah, I, I they never it. call whatever. her Tessa. Excuse me, whatever. Uh, so she sees that Shane is enjoying Caitlin's music, and so she's like, oh, oh my gosh, a snake, and like freaks out, and then D, the annoying bitch that runs these things, comes <laughs> over and is like... Just because she's on coke doesn't mean she doesn't deserve our <laughs> yeah, love. All right, you're right. It was on call for, I apologize. Anyway, <laughs> she's like, it's just the power cord, Tess. Calm down. She's like, oh, sorry, whatever. And Caitlin comes up to her and is like, you were just cutting me off because you thought, like, you can't let anyone else be good around you. And then she just does, Tessa does, nope, Tess does the uh, whatever major loser hand Yes. Motion. And I said when she did it, I was like, what fucking year is it? And thank God they called yes, it out. I, I had the same note. I was like, that was so over by 2008. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? And then Mitchie's like, really? Whatever major loser? It, like, that's so last year. Everybody knows that. Well, I guess not everyone, Tess. And Tess is just like, <laughs> and then walks away. But where does this flip come from? Like, she flips on Tess just like she flipped on Caitlyn before. It's like, where did that come from? I think maybe it's because Caitlyn knows her secret now and is being cool about it, maybe. 
That makes sense. I would say. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, would, I guess. It is kind of weird. And I think it's either in this scene or maybe a little bit later or after the pajama jam. Yeah, I think it's after the pajama jam is that we see them talking and Caitlin tells her that like, listen, the reason I hate Tess so much is because I was you. Like I wanted to be her best friend and I wanted to be in the back and to put me in the background. I just wanted to be around her to be popular. And I realized that that was not who I was or something like that and what a toxic person she was, that kind of thing. So that's why I was trying to look out for you. And they kind of like repair their friendship based on that. Cause now Mitchie's starting to realize that a little too. And then, and then I think cuts to a scene with her and her mom. No, this is where they're blowing up the balloon. Oh, oh yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. That's the balloon scene. You are right. That and I said, scene. because I wrote down, they're so cute together. Be friends. Now kiss. Like I just want them <laughs> to be friends. Like they, it, this movie makes you teases you so hard with her and Allison Stoner being friends. I'm like, you just be friends. Like it's so frustrating to a certain point. Listen, we have found out in recent years that Allison Stoner is gay, bisexual. Yes. Wait, bisexual? I thought she was gay. Any, in yeah, any whatever. Case, it, I would not hate a plot line in this movie where the reason she was was so helpful to Mitchie is because she was secretly in love with her. Oh, I would love for them to hook up. I would absolutely yeah, love absolutely, that. But I was I was so invested in like them just finally getting along. I was like, stop fighting, stop fighting this feeling. We can't fight this feeling any longer. You're both such such, such powerful women. You need to come together exactly um yeah they have the balloon that's the balloon blowing up scene you are right then they have the scene of her and the mom talking and being like uh, oh because the mom met her friends and she did wasn't super into it she's like i saw i was yeah i was talking to yeah I, I, like it was nice to meet peggy and ella but they don't really seem like you you know like they I, they don't really seem your type of person and she's like what does that mean and she's like well i mean you have like friends back at home like that aren't like that and she's like i have one which is the girl we met in the beginning who we never see again and we don't even know her name sierra but the point is is that she's like well, yeah but like i just wanted to be popular and like these girls are popular and it really makes you feel great because i just felt so invisible back home which again as we talked about up front i wish we would have seen a little bit more of that to make this conversation make more sense but mm-hmm. now that it's here i do kind of like that they're tying it together then it cuts to joe jonas calling nick and kevin which is the most obligatory Jonas Brothers scene. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying this is how they wrote them in. Right. But also, it's also why hilarious. are they at the shittiest pool of all time? Are they not supposed <laughs> to be famous people? They're in like a suburban backyard in like Oba Scotia, Wisconsin. Like, what the fuck? Could they, like, are they just still at the Y? Could they not get a better scene for this? I. They should be at like a mansion. Like, I, it was so I don't. I do me. not know or care because this is the funniest scene in the movie, in my opinion, where he calls them and then they're like, hey, bro, how's it going? And Kevin goes how's my birdhouse going and i was like oh that joke coming back very funny and then (laughs) and then they're like talking or something like that and he's like no it's going good i'm like rediscovering my music also i think it's a good idea to do the oh did we mention the contest even we totally forgot no we forgot whoever wins final jam which is the final like end of camp contest gets to of the seven jams this is the one jam that really matters right it makes all the other jams irrelevant (laughs) and so if you win it you get to record with shane gray and he was against the idea now he's for it he thinks it's really cool and they're like oh great man Glad because to hear he thinks it. he's gonna fucking record with his dream girl, but he right. doesn't know her. And then there's also. Hey, can I just talk about the fact that the Jonas Brothers? I'm just gonna jump into this right now, really quickly, because it's the next my next note as well. Next scene, we see him hold up Joe Jonas holds up his hand to tell Drummer Boy, "I'm looking for the girl with the voice," and we see his purity ring, which they are still uh, wearing yes. and wearing in this movie. That. They are wearing it in the movie because I I didn't I notice that either. It, as a 26-year-old, and now just, like, I now, like, notice, like, a sad thing that happens when you get older, guys, is you notice wedding rings. And I thought it was so, I was like, I was like, he has a, 
a ring on his wedding finger. It's his left hand. You see him. But then I realized, oh my God, that's the fucking purity ring. And they didn't even take them off to film this movie. No. He's wearing it in the movie. I, I, I think I think that was in their contracts that anything they I, do for they Disney, will they not take, take off the purity off. ring. The, the YMCA gets to write in a few things, but the Jonas Brothers will not take off the fucking purity ring. And <laughs> that's 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 why they had. That's why they could have that super romantic scene between him and Mitchie because he had the purity ring on so we knew nothing <laughs> we know was going to happen. But also, wait, hang on, let's, just real quick, and I feel like, because we should address this, that this movie, while we while we were saying it introduces Demi Lovato, this was like kind of both the launching point for the Jonas Brothers too because they had music at this point, but after this movie is when they got their TV show and I feel like that's kind of why they have scenes like this because this this cell phone call is almost like a vaudeville comedy act, like how quick they oh, are. It's like who's on first? They're also like, I will agree, Joe is the best actor by far. The other two are not that good. They Maybe they got better in the TV show, but Joe is the only one like... Yeah, wait, well, wait. Marissa, did you watch Jonas? You I know imagine? what? I'm, oh, absolutely. I'm trying, to yes. rem- I'm trying to remember, though. I think they had to have gotten better. I, you know what? I don't remember. Yeah, because I, I know that I feel like... Um, I remember seeing that show on all the time. I never really watched it. And I feel like both that show, which was theirs, and then Sonny with a Chance, which was Demi Lovato's, never really got super good footing on Disney Channel. I think they no. only got like a couple seasons, which is a shame because Sonny with a Chance I, was Sonny really Sonny with a Chance was incredible. I love Sonny with a Chance. Yeah, it was really good. It just didn't get to like, you know, sweet life levels of popularity or anything. I think it's almost because like what wound up happening was you said this kind of launched their career. I don't know if it did. I, I'm trying to place myself they in time. They were the draw here. They were the draw. No, 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 no. no. No, that, no, that, no, that's what I was saying. I, let me rephrase. They, they were already a, an established band. Their music, I mean, year 3000, I think was 2007. This is 2008. Mm-hmm. I'm saying like this was their launch of their career on Disney Channel. Oh, of I be, got you. Of, be, of having their show and whatnot. Like yeah, everyone watched Camp Rock and now those the music guys have their own TV show. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. I see. Yeah, then that makes sense. Yeah, in that, in that case, it's even weirder that it didn't take off. Um, But yeah, so he hangs up with them. And he's like, okay, now I've got to find like that girl with the voice. And he goes up to Andy, the drummer kid, and is like, hey. And then we do a telephone thing, and they're all looking, and then all the girls are singing around him, and it's a montage. And then we get to the really important part of this movie, which is when he's shirtless. (laughs) (laughs) I literally have, like, five separate, like, no, like one page is just that. <laughs> it's so gratuitous. Like they, like they are so clearly doing it. Just they did that for. They didn't have to go that hard, but they did it for us. And they made him be shirtless in the lake. I just imagine that Marissa's page of notes is just a drawing of his abs, <laughs> and then with like hearts. He doesn't have abs. He doesn't have that good of a body. Like, <laughs> he doesn't, he's but it's fine. Like he's like on my level of people that I could obtain. Like he's not, but he's not like cut or like he's nineteen years old probably. <laughs> like he's just like a doughy kid from New Jersey that they make like jump off of diamonds. And you know what? It worked. It worked. And I am so fools. happy they did it. I was, they was so happy. Have they? You guys fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Um. But so yeah, we do that montage, and then like it culminates with her and Caitlin walking by like a group of girls waiting to go sing for him. And then Caitlin's like, "Are you gonna get in line?" And she's like, "Oh no way! There's no way he's ever heard me sing, so I'm definitely not her." And guys, it's because she is her, and we know that as the audience. That's why it's interesting. Um, and then I believe we have a romantic canoe ride to discuss, where she comes up to him. He's leaning against the canoe. Yeah, he's leaning against the canoe. Unfortunately, not shirtless. Right, because this is the one where he's playing not the romantic song. He's playing yes. the. Uh, 
the turn up the radio as loud as it can go yeah. song. And she's like, oh, that's really good or whatever. And he's like, oh, thanks, you know. And he's like, tell you what, why don't we hop in one of these bad boys and we can see how, I don't forget what he says. They go on a romantic canoe ride and they do that, like, like they go start paddling in the wrong directions to one another and it's very, you know, cute. And then we see Tessa standing from the docks, like giving like a- That's not her name, Luke. It's just not- <laughs> I'm sorry. She gives the same look For the that next when... 30 minutes of this movie, Tess will be like lurking in bushes, giving disapproving <laughs> looks. That's like all she yeah. does for the next well, 30 it, minutes. It, it's the same look that she gave when she found out Mitchie could sing, where she's just like, competition. Dun, dun, dun. Although I am, I am like 90% sure, even though she like talks about wanting to attract Shane with these colors, they never talk once They've in this never, movie. there's no. not a single scene they share. There's not a no. single scene. And I thought, Again, to your point that there's little mermaid elements, Emma. I thought what was going to happen is she was going to steal Mitchie's song. That's what heard I it. remembered. They show the whole thing of her looking at the songbook. I thought she was going to steal her voice Ursula style. Yes, and then pretend to be the girl he's looking for because she knows the song, which admittedly wouldn't make sense because he was looking for a specific voice, but I would have let, if Disney Channel Logic, I would have bought it. But they don't do that. See, I, I have a thought about Tess, and I feel like this will send me down like a rabbit hole, so like I'll try not for that not to happen. But she just wants a tension of like any kind like I don't even think it's Joe I just think it's like I want to be this great thing well it's because her mom never gave her hers yes that's I know like guys we're getting deep into like child psychology but I do think it's like it's not good attention it's like you know how you have kids that just like they just act out for yes. attention like it's not good attention it's not bad attention it's just attention to them like but for that like I respect her so much more as a villain because you know you get someone like and again fantastic villain but like someone like Sharpay it's like okay we get that she's a great villain, but there's, like, not really anything underlying there. It's just kind of, like, the villain character. This girl has problems. Yeah, and they yeah. should spend more Severe time problems. on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The scene at the very end, and I know I'm jumping ahead and we'll get there eventually, but when she, like, collapses and the side of the stage and is, like, fake crying, mm-hmm. and she's not a great actress at crying, but it's, like, you're, like, that's... That's, she's got some issues. She has some things to work through. That's what I'm saying is that I like this journey, but I just, it's hard for me to be on board with it because she's such a villain in the stuff she does in this movie, especially leading up to that moment. But you're right. It is very, they, they, they did a good job of making it believable and like her issues. And so on the canoe, this is the scene where Shane's like, yeah, you know, it's so nice to talk to real people and be down earth. Like you must get that all the time too. And she's like, what? And it's like, well, I mean, with your mom being uh, the CEO of Hot Tunes, like you must have people wanted to be your friend all the time just for all the money and fame and stuff and she's like oh uh yeah yeah and this is where i was like wait a minute since when do you know that like why is that a thing exactly then it cuts to her and caitlin leaving the kitchen and saying goodbye to her mom and for it's it's like a one-to-one cut you see tess leave seeing them on the lake and then walk into the next scene and it's her and caitlin leaving the kitchen i was like wait what is this you you were just at the lake and she was on the lake how how is she here i had the the same note i had the exact because the because this movie was edited poorly and it and the scene in between was as we all know on the cutting room floor yes i think that's what this episode is going to be called by the way is on the cutting room floor absolutely um, we're at another jam now we're no it's i don't think it's a specific jam but we are at the joe bros concert portion I fast forward to this part and I will admit that. You fast forward it why? It's such a good song. I liked it, but then I got bored. Because it's all the same thing. They're just like playing. I I, I, I just want to play on music. We get it. Thanks. It does, get it. It, does, it does go on a little long. I'll give you that. Um, we get yeah, it. Because then he's like, oh, Brown is like, oh, I convinced my nephew to sing us all a song. And the two other brothers show up there uh, to sing along with him. And they do the song he was doing by the canoe. And then they're like, wow, they all loved it. 
man, this we gotta let the music, we gotta let the record label let us play this. Like this is the music people like and something. And again, another bad edit here as he says, "Wow, they all love it." And he's like, "Yeah, too bad the record label won't let us play it." And then Kevin goes, "Yeah, wait, how do we do that?" And I was like, "That's not uh, that's that doesn't work off the sentence he just said, Kevin. What are you talking yes, about?" Yes, yes, that doesn't like, make, that didn't make sense. Okay, I thought I misheard that. No, it's t- it's terrible. Uh, then Kevin brings up his birdhouse again, which gives <laughs> him a bird. Then after this concert, Tess just decides, you know what? I'm just going to drop this bomb right now. And she just, like, I was expecting her to wait for a better moment. Like, There more... is no, she just fucking goes after it. Uh, she's like, Mitchie, why don't you tell us more about your mom? You know, the CEO, like how great she is. Also, by the way, I did look at my notes. This was a jam. It was called Beach Jam. And I made a note that this, the name Beach Jam is so lazy. Like It is. I missed that <laughs> out entirely. Out of all the jams, this is one of the laziest named jams. Regarding, like, the whole, like, Tess revealing this I am continually amazed by the fact that everyone is so invested like no oh, one yeah. cares, Who cares? Like, no one Who cares. cares also again guys like again the other problem with this movie cutting room floor like we've seen her talk to just these four people she's never mm-hmm. talked to the hostile mm-hmm. abuse crew we don't see her really interact with Lola that much so it's like who else is she disappointing like, like <laughs> she doesn't have that many camp. friends and, and what so it's so what she does is she starts like badgering her about like yeah your mom who's super cool and runs hot tunes and all that stuff and does and uh Mishy's just like yeah yeah you know she's great like she doesn't even put up a very good effort like she knows her goose is cooked oh yeah she for sure knows i mean but yeah. i think that's that was normal because you can tell by the way that she's acting right she knows she's done and so it's revealed that she's the you know the cook's daughter and she's poor and she was lying and everybody laughs at her it's very emotionally traumatizing and oh yeah and also this is where it hit me that this was probably a really easy lie to check up on like you guys have cell phones it's 2008 you could have just googled they all have flip phones that's interesting and also kevin jonas is the only one with the blackberry which says yeah, a lot a good point. and also like this is the point that me and Rose were talking about like joe jonas he's standing behind her in this whole scene visibly choking back tears i was like are you gonna fucking cry right now you've had two conversations with this girl <laughs> i literally wrote that i literally wrote his lines like i thought you were different i was like from all two of your moments together it's like they gave him a note like joe you're not emoting enough like we're not getting it from you and he was like oh i'll dial the shit up to 11 right now and like yeah i was like it, he's reacting like someone died like it, mm-hmm. it's it's palpable i i believed him but i was like whoa this is this he's really in it this was this was his oscar clip the one they play 100 <laughs> percent. yeah because he overhears all this and freaks and out and there's also him. an amazing thing that he's like oh like i thought you were different like 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 let, i'm sure you got it all down for your interview with pop informant magazine yeah pop informant <laughs> that was one of those magazines but hey, so that's what i'm saying so this so this is the whole conflict now that she thought that he thinks she made it all up to get close to him which was never been shown to be a thing she was trying to do so it's real weird and i think it's a serious problem they didn't really get that close in my mind well that's again we've already we've already gone over this so the fact that they just like have not had enough interaction to make this work he's making it seem like he gave her passwords to like his email i i (laughs) it doesn't seem like they're that close emma that was such an intense canoe ride we don't even know we don't know what happened on that what happens if the canoe stays in the canoe (laughs) that's the law of camp baby and so then uh, it cuts to Shane again being very visibly upset outside of his cabin, strumming his guitar sadly, and Brown trying to like be like, oh, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, you know, it's just like, I've had my heart broken or something. He doesn't say that, but like, that's what he's like. He's just so mad that Mitchie tricked him. And then Tess is coming up to like try and say something to him because I guess she's trying to swoop, but she sees Brown come out and, and like hides. And he's like, well, you know what? She, now again, I just- back in the bushes. She's in yes. the bushes constantly. Right. 
And she's like, and he's like, well, you know, I just, now I just need to focus on finding this girl. And I, I, her voice, her song is stuck in my head. And then he sings like the, this is real, this is me. And she hears that. She's also way too far away to hear any of their conversation. Yeah. But I buy that she heard him, what, she, what he sang. And so she's like, wait a minute. And then she goes into the cabin and finds Mitchie's songbook and is like, oh, you are not making it to Final Jam. And what's weird is she says this to her bracelet, which makes sense with what happens later. But I was just like, why the hell did she say that to her bracelet? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, excuse me? Why wouldn't you say that to the songbook? Because the bracelet is like her floatsome and her deadsome and she's petting it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, if it had she stole the song like I thought she was gonna, I would and That's that. what I'm saying. Why does she look at the songbook? Like, it's so weird. Like, I, it, it doesn't it's make, weird. I thought it was setting up for Tess to steal the song. I agree with you there. Not only that, but also, why is her stuff still in their cabin? Why is she thank not you. moved out? Also, okay, okay. That, uh, thank you. This is, I was gonna get to it later. We'll get to it right now. Why would she still be fucking living with them? You have another cabin with your mom. Go over there. And also, when she does plant the bracelet, if her shit is still in all their cabin, why wouldn't she plant it in Mitchie's shit in the cabin? Why is it in between yeah. cookbooks in the kitchen? How yeah, I have that same note. Because because well, we're skipping ahead, but like Brown, because she what she's gonna do is she accuses them of stealing their her charm bracelet, but obviously she just planted it, and that's and to get them in trouble. But Brown comes in, and he's like, we're gonna. She thinks it's you, and you guys have had you know trouble over the camp, so we need to look through your things. And they're like, okay. So I was expecting to have to go to their cabins and go through their things. But he literally just takes two steps and looks at a stack of books in the kitchen. And I was like, why would it be here? Why would it not be why through their things? Why would it be here? Why would... And also, like, there was a million people in the kitchen at all times. Like, yeah. there was a, there was a million people there. Like, and if she's living with you, just put it in that dumbass duffel she's carrying around. It's crazy. Okay, so there's, there's a random scene here that we don't really have to get into. I want to get through this. Also, Luke, they have another class that is probably, like, hip hat dancing 201. And Joe Jonas... <laughs> comes in and starts screaming his rage comes back and he's like screaming at Demi Lovato over like 20 other kids and he's like the music is all that matters um and then there's an insane scene in the lunchroom yep where Tess is like a bitch classic interacts with Mitchie and Caitlin and Mitchie's like that's it and like she stands up and she's like you know what, like, just, like, you don't get to treat people this way, like, you know, it's, like, her her power empowering speech of, like, stop being a dick to everyone, and Tess says this in her insane rebuttal line is, it wasn't obvious, you're out of the group, and I was like, yeah. yes, it's blatantly obvious, yeah. I was like, you literally yeah. five minutes ago made fun of her for being poor. I, I assumed, I assumed she was out of the group when you busted her, like, what? Yeah, like, I, that's what I'm saying, like, I was like, I was three scenes ago, I knew she was out of the group, like, they could I mean, write a better line there. still living in the, she's still living in the cabin, maybe. That's gotta this be is, like the weirdest the post breakup thing ever. It's not obvious. <laughs> yeah. like, it, it was obvious to me. Like I don't yeah, know what everyone did else. They, did they, did they co-sign reality? the lease on that cabin? <laughs> yeah. Like I. Why are they still tied up in like escrow in this cabin? Like I. Right. Okay. But then she does the charm bracelet. We do a montage catching us up to Final Jam. Everyone's preparing for Final Jam. And you just see people, there's just kids we've never seen before screwing light bulbs into things, uh, putting strings on guitars. Nothing says prepare for Final Jam like a bag of loose scarves that Allison Stoner and Demi Lovato play with for 10 minutes. Because now they're deciding to perform together and so they're practicing. And they're just throwing ready. scarves on each other and that's how they're practicing. Was this right. the montage where we also get like for the first time in the entire movie we actually get like actual musical instruments being shown that aren't guitars? Yes, yes, yes. Like they are I'm like, oh, people play, like, the fucking keyboard here and, like, uh, the cello. Like, there's other kids, like, prepping their instruments. I think we saw that in the telephone montage, too, where kids were, like, playing saxophones and flutes and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, definitely here, too. But, so, yeah, so then they're in the kitchen 
And she does her whole, you stole my charm bracelet. And then they're like, no, we didn't. And then he's like, okay, I guess we'll have to look for it. Takes two steps, finds it. And then it's like, oh, well, I mean, I mean, you don't have any proof she did frame you. And I have proof that makes it seem like you kind of stole it. So I have to ban you from all camp activities until the end until of Final Jam. Until the end of Final Jam. Did you get that? Say that a little bit louder for the people Wait, in the Wait, did everybody back. hear? Did everybody hear? Until the end of Final Jam. Okay, so here's the thing. Two things about this. One, it's kind of cliche but it did make me hate Tess a lot definitely made me very mad yeah, I, I was did a, did a good did a good job two is that they say like in the next scene that he was like repeating it and emphasize it he says it like twice he doesn't say it that it many times it wasn't really that emphasized you are no right. it just comes back so hard Right. Oh, also, at some point, the the Nick uh, Nick and Kevin's names are revealed to be Nate and Jason in this movie. That's not important, mm-hmm. but I we should have noted it. Wait, I something about that with like them all getting back to like with them showing up again. Mm-hmm. Time in this movie is wild because he goes like it's not the same just hugging Nate. They were just together two scenes ago. Was this like supposed to be over six weeks or three days? Like I couldn't tell you. Yes, that, you're right. I forgot about this. Is that That's where I why I had that note here is because they come into Joe uh, Shane's cabin and are like, oh, we're back together. Like, yay, hugs. And Kevin gets a dumb line about hugging them and whatnot. But yeah, he, but Marissa- They just came to perform Play My Music. <laughs> you're right. But also, Marissa, you are correct. In this film- Time has no meaning, as we like to None. say around here. Nope. None. Nope. It is entirely inconsequential. But they get they get together, and then he asks uh, Shane if he found the girl with the voice, and he's like, "What?" And I was like, "Hey, I know things." And I was like, "No, you don't, Kevin. This movie has shown us very clearly you don't know much of anything." And so then it cuts to Mitchy and Caitlin by the lake on like okay this gave me severe anxiety is that caitlin has her laptop precariously dangling on- over an open body of water well, yeah she has it on the railing and i was like girl what are you doing like that's that's the craziest thing i've ever seen i know your character has to have a laptop at all times i guess to- luke you know when we said earlier that her we were like why are they saying her character doesn't give a fuck about everything anything <laughs> here is her character not giving a fuck about anything that's true yes but so uh then they're like man i can't believe we can't get to perform like all just because brown does we can't perform Here's the where they Final realize Jam. that they think Brown's giving them a code of like until the end of Final Jam. Yeah. And so then we cut to Final Jam. Well, we cut to uh, uh, Tess preparing for Final Jam with. Also, really quickly, this is something that I haven't started this whole movie, and I'll just say it right here really quick because this is when I noticed it. Why are these 14 year old girls all wearing hoop earrings the size of <laughs> dinner plates? Like every single one of them. My mom would beat my ass if I tried to wear that big of a hoop at 14. Amen. Yes. <laughs> like. They're all in these massive hoop earrings. And i it's not just one of them. It's like every, and Caitlin in certain points is wearing these massive hoops. Like, i it was really jarring. That is 100% accurate. And I can hear my mother screaming at me in, like, yes! the distant past. I was Thank more fo- I was more focused on, like, these, like, silk green robes all three of them are wearing <laughs> behind the scenes. I was like, where did you get those? But, but yeah, so they're, like, practicing a little bit in front of the mirror. And she, like, just goes off. She's like, can you guys not get it right? This is Final Jam. This is where it's all going down. You need to do better and then they just explode on her they're just like you are the worst we all hate we hate you we're not going to perform with you like peggy and ella bale peggy and ella bale on her and she's like fine i don't need you it's whatever and so then we cut to the beginning of final jam when you're introduced to again this is where they name drop the two guys who have been on the periphery of this movie with the hostel of vista crew hostel of vista didn't have to go the fuck off but it does <laughs> it is a great song I, I think it, by the end of it, I liked it, but it starts off a little weird. Oh, I'm adding this to my workout playlist. Yes. <laughs> it should have been there years ago, it's but great. it needs to be. 
But it's also weird, again, back to cutting room floor, like, it's so weird that Ella hops on stage and performs with these guys. This never bothered me when I watched it originally, and I was like, they've never spoken. No. Like, they have had zero interaction until this point right now. And she's front and center. She's front and center. She's like a mainline performer. And they have a moment where they, like, look at each other and like, yeah, and then it's like, almost like there was conflict and they've overcome it, and it's like, we've never seen you guys have a conversation. It's wild there's trampolining it's it's pretty incredible because you know it's a lot of tumbling a lot of tumbling and then we do uh tess's performance and she does and tess is staring at a poster of her mom before she goes on stage like (laughs) and i said does she carry it everywhere like does she fold up and put it in her pocket but then she goes out on onto stage and who does she see in the audience but her mother tj tyler and she's just like oh my gosh yes my mother's here to support me this is all I've ever wanted. And she just keeps performing. And I also like to point out, uh, since we were talking about th- this is the closest the movie gets to being an actual musical where songs inform character because it's all about how important it is to have like more than one, like how you need people in your life because it's a song about like two sh- two stars shine brighter oh, together. Mean, or something. Look at you. Look at me. There's never any us. Can't you see? Can't right. you see? Um, also, this she's so auto-tuned here. This is what I was talking about. She sounds mm-hmm. like jazz. Yes. It's terrible. And, but then in the middle of it, her mom has to take a phone call. And I was expecting her to, like, fully leave the auditorium. She's right she, there. She just, like, steps out of her seat and stands in the aisle. She's still looking at her totally and fine. And also, Tess is Tess reaction is she lightly trips. Trips on nothing. She trips on nothing. And she then sprints off stage like she's been incredible. Like, recover, yes. bitch. Like, the show must <laughs> go on. Like, this has shattered her life. Like, everything is over. That minor fumble has destroyed her. Yeah, her performance is ruined. She goes and cries in a corner. And, uh... We have Peggy. Oh, Peggy, Peggy, And right. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. And I want you guys to support me. And I know that, like, people will judge me. Did I fast forward Peggy's entire song? Yes, I did. Same. Who did? Absolutely. Every same. time we wa- every everyone's watched this movie. Peggy's no- song was not deserved. I'm sorry. Peggy's song is the Vanessa Hudgens songs of these <laughs> movies, and also we didn't see her enough to care about her. Right. Do you notice that they put together that entire montage and it's kind of like how you're saying, cutting room floor. They just dropped everything that had to do with her. They pasted it back together. They threw some music over it and they expected us to buy it and I don't buy it. No, I don't. I do, I do not. not. And also, had they given us like one scene where maybe she was shown to be like the nicer sidekick or something like that and like maybe an okay person instead of just like her crony the entire time and then she gets mad with her, it would have been a little more impactful. But otherwise, I was just like, why are we supposed to care about her now? I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't. Her song ends, everyone's moved. There's the Jonas Brothers during her whole song are doing like the skeptical audience member suddenly becomes really enthralled with performance. <laughs> then Brown comes on stage and he's like, there's some shrimp on the bobby. It's the end of Final Jam. Stop and- it, Emma. <laughs> it's the end of Final Jam, which means the judges have to go and deliberate in private. And then they just stand up and go to the back of the room. Yeah, they go five feet away. Yeah. And also, so then so then he come, Brown runs off stage. He sees Caitlin and Oh, oh also, sorry. Emma, they're Emma, like, Emma, it's Emma, the Emma, end Emma, of... Emma, Emma, Emma. Sorry, the judges are the Jonas Brothers. That's why they were there. We didn't make that explicit. If you don't know that, turn this podcast the fuck <laughs> off, honestly. I don't want you here. Um, so they, they, he comes off stage and he's like, sees Mitchie and Caitlin. And they're like, come on, it's the end of Final Jam. And you see all of Demi Lovato's teeth shining at you. and <laughs> Like Chip like, Skylark. And he's like, I yes. was so hoping you would get that. Go rocket pulp it, and the, which then that's what you're saying, Luke. Where it, go, it sounds super Mick Jagger by the end of the movie, where it started off Australian and now we've gone full Brit. Thank you for incorporating that, by the way. I wrote that down. I wrote that line also, down. Also, here's my thing with this: 
is that why did he do this for them? He has shown no, in no scene has he showed compassion towards Caitlin or Mitchie or the fact that he knew Tess was full of garbage. Oh, they've barely spoken. They've barely spoken. He has no reason to believe they actually didn't steal the charm bracelet or like them or do any favors for them. And so I was just like, okay, I guess you're just going to do that. I, I, I just didn't get it. Like, again, small scene with him between the characters would have gone a long way towards its end. And I bet they shot it and it's on the cutting room floor. Well, don't forget, though, he does express that he is, and he, in his words, totally wigged out by all of this. So he does not, he expects better from them. Oh, oh, completely. And they've spoken once. And this is, I just got, we just have to get into it. Like, she goes on stage (laughs) and I have full body chills. From the opening chords. I'll let you two ladies have this. Go for it. Oh my god. She, and also, I remember this choreography, like, I'll, I don't remember the names of, like, my best friend, significant others, but, like, I remember the fact that she's facing the back and when the, for the first, like, part of the verse. And then when it bangs and it's like, this is real, she turns around and her bangs go flying and I lost my mind. I know it wasn't shot in slow-mo, but I saw it in slow-mo. Yes. Maybe that's yes. just a me thing, but like that was power. <laughs> oh, this is and I like I said earlier, this is a Star is Born duet where she starts with This Is Me and does like the whole thing. And then from five feet away, oh. Joe Jonas in slow-mo, I don't know if it's real. In my mind it was slow-mo. His straightened <laughs> hair whips around and you see his hair shake as much as hers does. I want you guys to know I watched this movie yesterday sober as a stone on my couch in my apartment alone. I was singing along at the top of my lungs, involuntarily. Involuntarily, it was the same. It was a, a bodily reaction I could not control, and I didn't realize it until five minutes. And I was like, "Oh, I'm singing! I'm singing to this song." I was like, "This is real. This is me." Like so, like top of my lungs, and they're staring at each other, and I don't know a love like this. And last note, wanted them to make out so badly and they don't and that hurt me we don't even get a cheek kiss nothing i am left high and dry literally like i i they don't even hug they hold like they loosely hold hands i literally wrote all we get is like a sensual handhold and that is yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. and meanwhile they have all the chemistry like it's all there and you're like ah you're like yes like it's so palpable but they don't do it and it's infuriating he looks at her like she is his savior like the look in his eyes when he turns around oh my god i could watch that turn on the loop for six hours (laughs) like i when his hair whips around he sees her and he realizes she is the voice he hears inside his head lost lost me it's like he's looking into the face of god yeah absolutely i'm looking at my notes and i I just wrote i am singing along so loudly so they sing this song and it's good it's probably it's probably the best musical number in uh in the movie in my opinion although i do like the we rock song that they do in a second and then they go backstage they have a weird conversation where they do the classic movie thing of when someone has perpetuated a lie to start a relationship they're like they reintroduce themselves and she's like hi i'm mitchie my mom's a cook like let's start over they do that despite the fact that he has no reason to forgive forgive her for any, of no, anything but she's the girl with the voice yeah oh that's all the only reason he is even talking to her right now is because he found out she's the girl with the voice that made me upset but yeah then they make a date for another romantic canoe ride <laughs> and uh and then tess comes up and is like oh, hey, you were really great. And by the way, I'm sorry. I realized I was being a terrible person. Uh, she also says that to Peggy too. They have a, a side where she compliments her because she realizes what a terrible person she's been. And she told Brown they didn't steal the charm bracelet. 
And they're like, okay, thanks. And they're just like, that was weird. I don't know why she decided decided to be a person. And then the parents come back that her dad's there too, but he doesn't get a line. No, but I did like this part when her parents come back because she finally thanked her fucking mom for getting her into this camp she wanted to go to so badly. Thank your parents, everyone. Her mom put fucking cookies and drums. Like, yeah, especially not that. Especially, especially that mom. She's the best. And uh, then they do the We Rock song. I forgot about this song completely. I was oh. so high off of the <laughs> This Is Real, This Is Me, Gotta Find You mashup. I was like, oh, there's another song. Oh, I did not forget. Song. Another banger. No, yeah, because this is the one they advertised the crap out of before the movie came out. Like, they, like, showed you how to do the music where you, like, strum a guitar and then, like... That's a, I wrote down this good co- guitar choreo. I viscerally remember. The choreo in this is great, and they're all really good at it. Joe and Demi know it really well, and Alison Soner obviously is better than everyone, but it's really good. But so they do the We Rock song, and then they just do like a slow fade of her and... Uh, Joe Jonas like looking at each other and that's Camp Rock and that's, that's how that's how that's how that I like how they goes. just ended they know that they I do like this movie they didn't have any, those bullshit scenes after this they're like let's end on a banger let's yes. have them fucking strum fake guitars have someone they do end, a back they layout end on a strong note. and they end with like they end rocking and I yes absolutely I appreciate it Camp Rocking um yeah so I <laughs> This is a complicated movie for me because (laughs) I do think it's good. I would never say it's bad, but it just has a lot of issues in my opinion. And Lucas, I say this with love. No one cares. So just give your rating and let's look, look, look. If you think you can get over the faults in this movie that we've talked about, then I have no problem with it. Clearly you two can because you're being blinded by Joe Jonas's face. But for me, this movie's like... A 6.5. That is, no. It's, no, you know what? Okay, I'll give it a 7. Because, for two reasons. Because it's almost it, like you didn't hear any of the songs. Because, it's almost yeah, like that's, you a, that's why. The songs it. are good, choreography's good, ends on a strong note, I'll bump it to a 7. But it's a begrudging 7. But, can I assume you guys both give it 10 out of 10? 10. 10. Absolutely. It's yeah, 10s absolutely. across the board. Not, well, this no. movie is a shining no. star. Look, I get it. I'm that I'm that one gymnastic judge who doesn't give the perfect ten to the I, gymnast. I like and force myself to watch these movies, and then like I'm like, oh, thank God that's over. I might watch this again tonight with a glass <laughs> of red. Like I, it's that good. And Demi Lovato deserves everything she has. She has an amazing voice. She's an amazing performer. I love her. I love the Jonas Brothers. I'm happy they're back. The talent wins, and it's still winning today, and I think we can all see that. Absolutely. This is just, this is, this restored meaning to life at, you know what, like, sometime, sometimes the world gets dark, and this is just a moment of light. Yes, I, I agree completely. My dream, my dream, and, like, I hope you guys uh, don't judge me for this, but, like, because people were talking about it, my fucking dream, which will never happen, is that they would do, a, like, a reunion tour because, like, all the, like, revival things of, like, Jonas Brothers are back, like, um, oh, Miley, like, Miley, like, re-Hannah Montana her hair. Like, if they did a tour that was Jonas Brothers, Miley Cyrus as Hannah Montana, oh my and God. Demi Lovato, I would lose my fucking mind. And I would pay thousands of dollars. Emma, we, if they do that, we should not have to pay any money to attend. They should just oh. let us in for free. I should be on stage with my we're, flat iron hair we're in the my one, house. We're the ones keeping the eternal flame burning on the, uh, that has allowed them to resurface, in my opinion. So really, they owe us. Yes. But, but we're running a bit long, and we don't really have a tagline this month. So we just, and so the, those are our ratings. So we need to talk about uh, what movie we're watching next month. And I'm not picking. I am picking. Thank God. Well, let's see what you think. Um, so last year, 
for May, we did Zombies, which is, was a great episode. I think it was a fun, one. fun, fun, fun discussion on that one. So that inspired me to do something. You see, there was another decom that came out that year that we've talked about a little bit. And I think I'd like to start a new thing that I'm sure Emma will ignore when it's her turn to choose this month next year. But I forget I, all the rules. You do. But I'm going to start a thing, which is Modern Movie May, where we watch a more modern Disney Channel original movie. So join us in May. We will be watching the 2018 Disney Channel musical remake of Freaky Friday. Wow. Oh. Cannot wait. I'm going to hate it. I know, I know you will. I, will hate it. I know you will. I'm keeping an open mind. Also, I picked this because I realized we've only done two musicals this year, including Camp Rock. We did High School Musical at the beginning, and then this one. We've been devoid of musicals, so I wanted to squeeze one more in wherever we could. But that's what we're going to watch next month. I think it'll be interesting. Um, but let's start talking plugs. Marissa, is there anything you would like to plug? Sure. You can find me on Instagram at Rissa Candeloro. You might need to spell that. Yeah. If, if you can if you can find me, that'd be impressive. It's Rissa <laughs> and then C-A-N-D-I-L-O-R-O. There you go. I just, I was like, I, you got to spell it for internet people. <laughs> I learned that the hard way. Um, Emma, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Emma Stone Tyler. Wonderful. You can find me online at wildfire underscore king on Twitter. You can also find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tyler. If you can help me out there, I really appreciate it. Thank you all to the people who are helping me now. Uh, but especially importantly, you can find us on Twitter at Comedy Podcast. You can give us a follow there. You can become a D-Comrade. You should also definitely check out the Twitter because when you're hearing this episode, we will have the poll up for what our next bonus episode should be. And we are going to do, actually, I didn't run this by you, so it's a surprise to you too. Um, we are going to do some Disney Channel premiere films, which was their weird precursor to the Disney Channel original movies. So your choices are Susie Q, Wish Upon a Star, The Paper Brigade, and Northern Lights. And also, please rate and review us on iTunes. And if you really liked Marissa, tell us on iTunes and say she did an amazing job. Maybe we'll have her back. G- give Yay. her a cool review. Yeah, well, there's, there is another Camp Rock movie that we'll have to get to at some point. Oh my God. But speaking, <laughs> but speaking of which, Marissa, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had a great time. Guys, thank you so much. This is like my dream and you guys are awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're oh, awesome. thank you. We loved having you. You were amazing. You were yes. great. Thanks. Thank Truly. you. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this month. That's it. All right. We will see you in May for Freaky Friday. But until then, DCOMs forever and rock on. Rock on.